on episode 55 of Pixel Gaiden. Do you lose gaming skills with age? The boys prove better on this week's game show. It's time for some spring beers. Our monitors spin round and round. We cover six good golf games. Cody drops his mic stand. Eric's new Japanese handheld. Cody gets lost in a gallery shooter. And we keep the episode under three hours. It is March 30th, Eric. And you know what that means? I, I have no idea. What does that mean? Um, next month is April. That's right. March is not an exciting month. No. <laughs> but April's coming up. My birthday. There you go. See, April's exciting. That's what that means. That's right. um, like I said, this is March 30th. You know what I said last month, Eric? What did you say? I said um, our next episode mm-hmm. will be coming out on February 30th. <laughs> We're going back in time. Oh, not only was I going back in time, but February 30th doesn't exist ever. That's right. Ever. Nope. (laughs) Somehow I didn't catch that. Oh, well. Well, that's good for errata. Well, it's something to say. It's funny because some people, some person, like, uh, I forget who it was, they pointed it out to me like three or four times. I was like, yeah, it's when our episodes come out on the 15th and 30th. Yeah. Like, no, look at it again. Yeah, the 30th. Cody. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. Eric. Yeah. We have a great show lined up today. Yeah, we do. Because we have two more beers to drink. And Tim, our friend, is going to be on, which is always a joyous occasion. Friend Timothy. Yep. So he'll be on shortly with a game show, which is always one of the highlights of my month. Yes. Um, but first, as we always do, we're going to jump right into some quick questions. Do it. Quick questions. Who's starting off here? I think you got the first one, Eric. All right. Let me see if I can find it here in my notes. Let me move my paper. Yeah, we are prepared. Yeah, I'll just do some busy work. Let's noises. move some paper around here. Uh, no, it's not me, but it is. I, I can read Tim's. There, yeah, do Tim's there. All right. So let's do Tim's, shall we? When in your life did you have the most time for playing games and the ability to, to go with it? For me, it was around the PlayStation 2 era, SSS, I'm sorry, SSX games and Gran Turismo 4 were standout times. I had hours to play the games with no real responsibilities. So, yeah, mm. so, so there's part of this question that catches me up. Yeah. And maybe you'll have some insight to this. Okay. So when in your life did you have the most time for playing games and the ability to go with it? He's getting after, like... The, the ability, His like, ability your, to play the game is going abilities. down. Yes. Yeah. Is that a thing? Well, I mean, I, what I assume he means is that his ability to, like, you have the t- most time for playing the games and game playing ability. I know, but where did, did, does it go down? Is there like a bell curve that I don't know about? Oh, I think so. You I, don't just get better your whole life? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting worse. <laughs> how? But I mean, I'm a. Uh, 
Does it turn when you turn? Does it change when you turn thirty-eight? Because <laughs> I just hit that mark, and if I'm going to go start going downhill, this is not going to. I think your reflex not go well. I think your reflexes go go down. Don't when you when you think. I mean, when it comes to video games, I haven't noticed that yet. So now you're making me worried. Okay. Well, I mean, I know I've noticed mine going down, <laughs> and I'm tired all the time, and I it's hard to focus. I mean, I'm old, so uh, <laughs> so I do notice. Well, my answer will be mm-hmm. the first two years of college. Oh, really? Yeah. It was that late? Yeah. I Go ahead. Why don't you t- t- tell us a little bit, because I'm going to tell you why it wasn't for me. <laughs> okay. Well, for me, it was the first two years of college. I went away to college. Yeah. And um, it was when you got this... I mean, I had responsibilities, but they only affected myself. Yeah. And I was living in a dorm, or the absolute best is when it was like winter break uh-huh spring with christmas break or whatever and you come home for like four four weeks yeah with nothing to do with nothing to do yeah but your friends all had different breaks and so you didn't really see anybody yeah that's all i did just while play games the whole time i guess right um but I, yeah, I was in my dorm and all i had to do was eat and uh my my girlfriend at the time who was now my wife was there as well though so she took up most of the free time <laughs> that right but you know um i would have six hour sessions where I could just do whatever I want like not daily yeah like nothing um and I'd say the last two years of college I got jobs and things like that and so that took up that time but so when when I went to college I went to a community college at first and I held two or three jobs at a time because I didn't live at home I I got Mm -hmm. the heck out of there as soon as I could so um I moved out when I was 16, so like I, those were the worst times for me because I had no time. I was oh, wow. working two yeah. or three jobs. I was going, I was going to school, um, mostly full time, so I had no time then. So I would have to say honestly, and maybe this is why I have such um, an affinity for the Commodore 64 is that that was the time, like in the 80s when I was going to high school. Junior high and high school were the most times I had because I found school a breeze. Like I, I, I very rarely even did homework or had homework. <laughs> so I mean, I would come home and just play video games on my Commodore sixty four. I would, I would spend weekends playing that. I would go skateboarding and then come home and play video games. And I think I was probably better at it. I was pirating games. So I mean, I would have like, you know, I'd come home <laughs> with a box of floppies and I'd have hundreds of new games to try out. Um, then how did you get good at any of them? Right. I'm sure you were still like 10-minute Eric. <clears throat> That's right. Try this one. Now try this one. Now try this one. Exactly. That's a really good one, so let's move on. I was. <laughs> That's exactly what I would do. But I'd pick favorites and do that. So, I mean, that was... My time was in the 80s in high school. I had the most time to play video games and the ability. I mean, I was just playing those eight big games and loving them. That's probably different for me mostly because... Well, a lot of different things, but... In large part because at that point it was Nintendo, mm-hmm. and you had the games you had, and you beat them. That's right. And I, if you could. That or was, else you played them until you realized you couldn't beat them, and you didn't have any other games to play. But that was one good thing, I think, about that time era, was when you got a game, you spent all this money on this game, and you wanted to get the most out of that game. Yeah. Where nowadays we have EverDrives with 2,000 games on them, and we're uh, like, life, nah. life is hard now. Exactly. It lacks the focus. It's all our options and yep. complexities. Exactly. 
So well, I had one more quick question for us, Eric. Let's do it. Uh, do you have a game? Mm-hmm. This is actually a self-fulfilling question. Do you have a game you've been meaning to play, but for no particular reason, you just haven't gotten around to it? Yeah, and I have three, but I'm just going to do one. Okay, I, cool. I, I wrote down three here, and I was like trying to pick which one I was going to do. I bought the new version of Elite on the Xbox 360. Okay. And it looks beautiful. Whenever I load it up, I'm like, this game is is freaking amazing. It looks amazing. I love the sounds of the engine on your little spaceship in Elite, like in, in the new versions. Mm-hmm. Um, the missions sound interesting. Um, the combat looks cool. I, I'd love to get back into getting a controller that's more like a flight stick, you know, with a bunch of buttons on it and stuff. And for some reason, I just can't do it. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know if it's lack of motivation or energy. Whenever you or, think of, let's start a new game, you're like, mm, not that one yet. And it's a modern game, and I've been much, much more into retro. And we talked about that last month, how like I'm just getting out of the modern scene, mm. other than the Switch. Like, I'm just not into modern Xbox and PlayStation games. And so, I mean, I bought it. I bought that, like, probably two years ago or a long time ago. And I have it. It's sitting there. And I <laughs> I think I'd love it, but I just, I'm just not getting into it. So, anyway, that's my All answer. Right. I've, I mean, I've got a list of these games. Me too, and me, too. That's why I wrote a ton of them down. But I'm like, oh, I'm just going to pick one. Yep, yep. It is quick questions, after all. There you go. Um... Well, I had a good answer that I wanted to give, but mm-hmm. I can't lie. And even though I've mentioned this on the show a million times, right? Sam's journey has been up there on my board of to do for like two years. Mm-hmm. Still, have not played one second of it. And it's a fantastic game. You'll love it. I know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I think Maybe you would do it. it. I'm sure I would. And you have a system that it'll play on and everything, right? I mean, I have to do it on that mini. That's probably what's stopping me. Yeah. Is I don't have a PAL solution except for emulation. Right. And so for the NTSC one, it requires a memory upgrade or something like that, right? Does it? Is there an NTSC NTSC version? There is an NTSC version. It just it requires, I think, an REU or something. Like a little... Something I don't have. Yeah, because I have the Ultimate 64 cartridge, which gives you an REU built into it. So mm-hmm. it's a little, That's right. That's little what it was. Mem- memory upgrade, yeah. Um, so no, I, f- I feel you there. I understand. I feel you. I want to play that game, but you should because it's amazing. And I, there's a NES version coming out. So the NES version, yeah, that's going to be cool. It doesn't look as good to me. No, I think the C64 one looks good. Wait, and isn't that crazy? That's sounds bizarre. and sounds good. I mean, well, the, the music. Is yeah, fantastic. 64 is going to have good music. It absolutely yeah. does. So cool beans, Eric. Let's go ahead and let our listeners know how they can get a hold of us. So, if you want to find show information, you're going to go to pixelguiden.com. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you can reach me, Eric Nelson, at the project, D-U-H project. You can reach the show at at pixel underscore guiden. You can reach Cody at at oddball, which is O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim at sanction at S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast catcher that you use. That would be really helpful for us. And if you want to email us, you can email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we do encourage feedback. We also have a Patreon account set up. So if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. 
If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. And this week, let's check out what's going on at our local supermarket. Hello, PicSmart shoppers. On behalf of our jubilant store manager, Gary Heather, we would like to welcome you to a world of savings. <coughs> summer is coming up, so you will want to take advantage of some of our summertime savings. Right now, if you buy a 10-pack of Dustin Newell, you will get a free 8-pack of Matthew Ackerman. I don't understand why those don't just both come in 10-packs, but... In order to ensure that you have a great grilling time, please note that we also have 20% off all condiments, including a bottle of Daniel James, Josh Malone, and Eric Sandgren. And now that you've built up a thirst... Please note that we also have deals on all of our six-packs of David Vincent and 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast, as well as two-liter bottles of David Modelac and Roy Peeling brand beverages. And I'm sorry, I, I apologize for the interruption. Um, Mr. Toast, we need a cleanup on aisle 12. We had another uh, Team Grey all the way incident, if you know what I mean. At this time, we'd like to recognize our employee of the month. Maciej Sosnowski, your hard work has been much appreciated, and you always serve our customers with a smile. As a special thanks from us to you, you will be allowed to use the Employee of the Month parking spot, and you will also receive a $15 Paradroid gift card. We would love to ask our customers to check out the end cap on aisle 7. There you will find deliciously cold Ant Stiller Pops, burning hot Mitsuyama wings, and tasty bags of Ramoke Ramoke, now in new Hermski flavor. We also now offer Citizen by the bushel. Thank you for your attention, and we appreciate you choosing PicSmart. We thank you so much. Yes, thanks. Each and every one of you. Except for that one guy who smells weird. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously... Um, as much as we appreciate those guys who give to us financially, uh, if you guys could simply tell a friend or give us a review on iTunes, spread the word around. We just want to grow the community. I think that's our, our main goal, Eric. I think we're at the point now where our patrons are covering the bill to host the show. That's correct. Now we just want to grow the show. That is right. Yep. So And buy more beer. And buy course. more beer. Like this one we have in front of us. So this is provided by you, so why don't you explain it? Well, what this was, Eric, was a beer that was not a Bud Light mm-hmm. that was less than $8 for a six-pack. That's what this was. <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> um, no, it's made by Deschutes Brewing Company. Which is a great, great brewery. They make Mirror Pond, which is one of my favorites. Love Mirror Pond. Yep. Uh, it is a limited release, which usually means terrible, but hopefully not in this case. Hopefully not. Um, it's called Red Chair NWPA, Northwest Pale Ale. Yeah. And it's got a pretty picture of a mountain and skis and it's like a sled hill. Almost looks very Christmassy. Which is why when they say limited release 
and I see Christmas like season, mm-hmm. I'm like always afraid they're gonna throw like some weird like spice in there. Yeah. Like mm, nutmeg infused beer. Like I always avoid winter ales because mm-hmm. that means like just some weird spices added to it that I don't want in my beer. So, but th- I don't think that's the case with this one. Now this is a West Coast beer. I wouldn't say local, but Bend, Oregon, mm-hmm. stayed away. Yep. Six point two alcohol by volume, sixty IBUs. Yep. And it says bundle up beside this citrusy smooth ale that's an insider's ride to fresh thrills. <laughs> which tells me nothing about the beer. That's right. Except that apparently it's citrusy, which is not a winter thing to me, so I don't know what to expect. Well, oranges are a winter fruit, right? Are they? I think they are. Huh. I learned something today, maybe. <laughs> if I'm right. <laughs> I could be wrong. All right. Got a nice little pour. I got my pour on. Yeah, I got a good pour. And this came in a bottle, like an actual bottle, which we don't see bottles. We were just very talking about anymore. that. That it's like a, more and more stuff's coming in cans, which I'm starting to appreciate. But I used to like bottles. Bottles as well. only. I identified cans are for with swill. bottles. That's right. That's right. But yeah, that's all changing now. So, all right, cheers, my friend. Cheers. If you take a little sniff, you can. It has the almost like um. There's a there's a smell to these type of pale ales, which I always tell my wife is like a um. A fat. Yeah, you drink. Have you had a fat tire before by New Belgium Brewery? Yeah, yeah. It's like um a floral scent to floral hop. Yeah, exactly. There's a very floral hop or very floral scent to this. Yeah, I'm not actually a fan of flat tire, though. There's, I am, there's a negative fl- flavor in there for me. I am not a fan of fat tire at all. It's a, it was a huge beer here for a long time. Everyone was drinking it, all the hipsters. All the hipsters loved fat tire, and I didn't understand why they liked it. Well, I, I will tell you, I like this one more. Yes, I like this one more than fat tire, for sure. Okay. Well, it's got a nice, mm-hmm. I don't know, medium caramel color to it. Yeah. I can taste the citrus undertones. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. They call this a well. They call it a Northwest Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. They never say anything about winter, but the picture is a ski resort. So yeah, I don't. I'm not getting like winter vibes from this. It's just like a good solid pale ale. Yeah, with that little citrus kick. Pale ale is one of those genres that can go horribly wrong or horribly right. Like it. It you know some pale ales just get off the tracks and they're either too hoppy or they're they're too floral kind mm-hmm. of like the fat tire or something's wrong with them so just because someone says hey here's a pale ale you don't know if it's good or bad it could be a really bad beer so this one's not it's it's this is a good beer it's not like a porter where you kind of already know halfway what you're going to get exactly most porters are somewhere somewhere in this range and they're not going to deviate too far from that all right all right, so what are we going to do here? Well, Red Chair NWPA Northwest Pale Ale, Bend, Oregon. Um, all right, I'm going to get really... No, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's just... We'll, 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 go, we'll go simple here. Did we even... Yeah, we, we said what this was, yeah. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to... We'll do it out of... Uh, there's a ski lift on here. Okay. So out of um, 64 ski lifts. 64 ski lifts, okay. 
And another thing we should mention is this is 6.2% alcohol, which is getting up there for a pale ale. Getting up there. Yeah. All right. 64 ski lifts. 64 ski lifts. I'm going to give this a solid 50. Five I'm, zero. I'm dead on. That's where my mind went to. Yeah, we're, we're in sync. We're in sync tonight. In our beer drinking. Oh, shoot. I keep, every time you say that, I want to think of an NSYNC song, and I can never think of an NSYNC song. <laughs> I always go straight to J- Justin's solo albums. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you're on your own, buddy, because I'm not... I, I couldn't... I couldn't... Right now, I couldn't name one NSYNC oh, song. Oh, my goodness. And I'm proud of that fact. All right. I almost said Backstreet's Back, but nope. Mmm, <laughs> beer. Mmm. All right. Well, I think it's about time for us to go ahead and get our buddy Tim on the line. Let's do that. Let's see if we can dial him up, shall we? Yep. Get him on the horn. Woo! All right. We are hot and live with the hot and live Tim. Hello, guys. How you doing? Doing pretty darn good. We're doing great. Three beers in. How many? One more to three go. Three beers in. Three beers in this time. Excellent. Yep. So we've got to the point in COVID where Eric and I feel comfortable being in the same room. So that means by next month, you should be in the room as well. That's right. We expect Absolutely. you to fly yep, out for that, every episode. <laughs> that's how it works. Is there anything new going on in... Uh, I always want to say Foggy London Town for some reason, but in your neck of the woods... Uh, well, Danica went back to school yesterday, which is a miraculous step for us oh, over here go. in the UK. So that's all good news. So yeah. the n- numbers are heading in the right direction. Any retro gaming uh, for Tim in the last month? Uh, well, we'll talk about that on Catching Up, won't we? Oh, oh hello. That, that bodes keeping well. It, keeping it official. Good. <laughs> all right. Well, Eric. Yeah. What have you planned uh, for us this evening? Are we doing a game show now? I think so. All right. I made us a little game show, not a big one, just a little one. A baby game show called Generations. Oh wait, you I have wasn't a sound ready. For that? Yeah, well, I All was right. going to start the game show, but you have All to. Right. You ready? I'm ready. Generation. Tim versus Cody. This is just a adversarial game, not a cooperative game this time. I like it. I don't. Need, on, I need my my pad and pen. I don't I'm need sure friends. So this game show is going to cover generation one of video games through the fifth generation. So there will be a question and you will answer it. And then I have a tiebreaker at the end. So we're going to start with first generation, generation one. Gen one. Consoles in this generation featured a number of built-in Pong-style games selected with switches. One popular one came out in 76 and was called Telstar. What company made this console? Ooh. I thought I'd throw out an easy softball for the first one. Uh Uh-huh. I should know this. Do you guys need me to repeat it? No. I'm I'm ready with my answer. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm already down a point, but I'm ready. Show them. I got Magnavox. Okay. Coleco. Tim got it right. Oh, you're right. You're right. 
It was the Coleco oh, Telstar, and they had the Coleco Telstar Ranger, which was the one I had as a kid. With the, I was like, going to say, because you, you had one of those, and I know that Amiga Bill had the, the Telstar, because it was the, wasn't it the, the, the triangle shape where you had the steering wheel on it and yep. all that sort of jazz? That, that was yeah. one of the Telstars, but yeah, the one yeah. I had had the gun, the, the gun. big six shooter. Bang, bang, shoot him up. All right, so the first generation is behind us. Oh. It's one to zero. Tim is up. So let me write that down so I keep so track let's keep of in mind, I wasn't born yet. Yep, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Tim is one. Cody, zero. Here we go. You don't need to write this down. We don't need to put that in ink. Second generation. Here we go. Consoles in this generation began featuring replaceable cartridges. Ooh. The first one of these was the Fairchild Channel F. Yes, it was. What does the F stand for? Write it down. What does the F in Fairchild Channel F stand for? Come on, guys. I like your energy. <laughs> Eric's really yelling. I think it's because the pad music is so loud. It's so loud. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't even hear myself talk. <laughs> Whatever. It was working. You, your energy is up. I'm doing Good. this. My energy is up. Okay, guys, show your answer. Oh, my gosh. Eric is... <clears throat> losing my voice. Is the, is the answer fun? <laughs> What's co what does Tim say? Fun. You got oh, both got it right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Tim, can we high five through this? Somehow? Yeah, high five through there the thing. Did you Come know on, that? Boom, Cody. Where's the boom? <laughs> you already knew that, Tim, or did you just make that up like I did? Uh, uh, of course I knew that. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> All right. Gen 3. All right. Third generation. <laughs> it's really loud, too. <laughs> yeah. You... <laughs> the music's not that loud. It's, You're really loud. It's, this is really loud. I'm going to take a <laughs> headphone off here. All right. The Amstrad GX4000 was released in 1990 during the third generation of video game consoles. When discussing the market failure of the system, the designer Cliff Lawson claimed that the GX4000 was technically at least as good as the SNES. And that the game faltered due to lack of games and Amstrad not having the money to compete with Nintendo and Sega. How many official games were released for the system? The Amstrad GX4000. Was it multiple choice? Good, 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 good. Was it 27 games? Was it 45 games? Was it 98 games? The Amstrad GX4000 in 1990. How many games did it have? 27, 45, or 98? Official games, I should say. Mm -hmm. Show me your answers. 27, 45, or 98? I'm going long here. Ooh, 27. 27. 98. Uh, I went 98. The official count? It's 45. 27. Okay. Tim got it okay. right. Okay. So, Tim, so let's see. You went up three to one. one. So, three, it's to, three one. to one. Yep. Well done, Tim. See, I gave I you need a little. Some coffee. I gave you a little British slant there. Yeah, you did. Don't worry. It's going to even out in this one because it's the fourth generation. Let me take a sip of my beer real quick. Fourth generation. I can't. I never would have thought of the GX four thousand in any generation. No, I barely knew about it's it. It's its own that, thing. That was a curveball. <laughs> All right. The PC Engine Turbo Graphics sixteen console was a console released in the fourth generation of gaming consoles. <clears throat> While the PC Engine sold very well in Japan, the Turbo Graphics sixteen here in the U.S. did not. 
NEC released a portable version in Japan in December 1990. The portable version of the TG-16 was called the Turbo Express. Here in the U.S., what was it called in Japan? This is multiple choice. You ready? Okay. Mobile. So this is the mobile TG-16. But what was it called in Japan? You ready? Was it the Duo Tiger? Was it the PC Engine GT? Was it the PC Engine Express? Or was it the FEP, the Fantastic Engine Portable? Do you, do you need me to re, do you need me to say those again? I've got my answer. I've got mine as well. Please show me your answers. I'm going with the ridiculously Japanese FEP. I went with PC Engine GT. Tim is correct. Oh man, I'm getting destroyed here. I made that one up, by the way. The FEP. Uh, it was so out there. I had to be right. <laughs> I'm not fooling for that old one. <laughs> so Tim is up four to one. Here we go. Fifth generation, the last of our generations that I'm talking about. So I lost. Okay, you, you lost. <laughs> but let's answer this one. The Atari Jaguar was in the fifth generation of video game consoles. What was the pack-in title? No multiple choice. What oh. was the pack-in title? Um, I'm ready. Well, yeah, Tim sold these stupid things. I got my answer, too. Show me your answers. Cybermorph. Cybermorph. What did you get? Cybermorph. You guys both got it right. See, moral victory. So I'll give you the tiebreaker just for fun. You guys ready? Again. Cody gets this right. <laughs> oh, is that what? No, we, Tim has to bless that. Oh, so that's true. Can that's I point true. out? Can I point yeah. out? Yeah. That the the show last month uh-huh. was just, it's null and void. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> the unspoken rule from the beginning of the game shows is that the tiebreaker question has no right answer. That's Whatever true. you answer is wrong. Right? No, we never no, said it out loud. No, There's I, never you, been a right you, answer. There was a right answer to that one, clearly. Which is which why you the broke audience. the rules. <laughs> you can't just say, hey, today gravity is going to go up and you're, we're all going to fly into the sky. You can't just do that. My bonus question wasn't that creative. It's just just a regular. It's just a regular question. I just want to know if you guys know the answer. Uh, I think Cody's just still sore from that previous game show. I am, I'm sore because I I gave it up to, because I was following the rules of the game, the unspoken <laughs> rules. I'm not a dirty Co- pirate. Cody, you were, you were the moral winner, man. You 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 aced moral that quiz. Winner. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just mm. chill. <laughs> just chill, chill out, dude. Just <laughs> chill out, dude. I'll pull a I'll pull a Tim. <laughs> so Tim staring into your soul. Tim won this, but just for fun, what was the best-selling title for Jaguar? Best-selling? Yep, the best-selling oh, title. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Just you can just yell it out. Well, don't Alien Tim knows it. Predator. It was Ooh. Alien versus Predator. That is true. I actually would never would have guessed that because it's really? really hard to find and very expensive. Exactly, but it sold a ton at the time. Yep, that was the one. So that's our I game show. I would have said Rayman. Really. That's the, I only knew one person when I was that age that actually owned one of those, and he had Rayman, so that was... It was Rayman. <laughs> that so was our game, Generations! It. So so with with that game show, did I actually get every question right? You absolutely did. You did? Including wow. the tiebreaker. 
I've, I've, I've redeemed myself in that, Amigo Aaron's eyes, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> that is amazing. You got every question right, and you knew all but one question. Fun was a guess. Fun was a guess. It was a, it was a fun guess. <laughs> That's right, but he got guess. it. Congratulations, Tim. Thank you, Eric. I really enjoyed that game show. Oh. <laughs> it's funny how the most boring game show is fun when you win. Uh, <laughs> oh. We have more generations to cover, which will be in a future. Generation. <laughs> That'll be a future show. We'll cover more generations. Well done, sir. Well done. Right on. I think we I think we need to put out like a um uh a, a video of all of our game shows or something like that, or a mini podcast of all of our game shows and just put, put those out there. These are, these are great fun. That would be fun. <laughs> Even though most of them are me losing. I don't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> you redeem yourself. You got a hundred percent on this one plus yep. extra credit. Well guys, cool. let's go ahead and uh, catch up. Let's do it. Catching up with Eric and Cody. And Tim. We got it again. And Tim! Yeah. I was going to say, did you take it out in revenge for the last part of last? <laughs> I flipped inch. it and reversed it. <laughs> With it! I said, it's Douglas! <laughs> um. With Brit Boy. <laughs> Brit Boy. <laughs> oh, man. All right, where's my... I don't even know where I'm at in my notes here. That's how progr- That's how well we're doing here. Oh, Tim, you're up first. Yep, I know he's got me at the top. Yeah. Top of the show. Let's do it. The highlight. So what have you been up to, Tim? So it's it's me then. So I did some more streaming. Yeah, you did. Eventually, after I got my setup going again. (laughs) So the last last stream I did was, what was it? The the Coco one. And uh, whilst on the stream for that, uh, Josh, uh, 48K Ram, said, oh, man, your audio sounds awful or something like that. I can't remember (laughs) what it was. Um, You you had flipped it and reversed it. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it turned out what the main problem was, was on one of my outputs, I think, where it, where it was going into the into the PC or whatever it was. Um, it was only on one channel. So I think that's what the problem was. <laughs> that's it, huh? So it was literally just audio coming out of one channel. So then when you try to convert it into stereo, obviously it was just cancelling itself out. It was really bizarre. And the problem was, was I recorded Tea Time with Tim on the same setup as well. So Cody and I had a, an absolute nightmare trying to get all that sorted out. So my apologies for that. <laughs> but we got there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I Don't worry, Tim. I sometimes have problems with my outputs too. <laughs> Yeah. So um, anyway, so I did another stream uh, a couple of days ago. That was Commodore 64. I don't know if any of you guys have been able to catch up with that or not. I actually um, haven't Eric, caught that one yet, unfortunately. Eric caught the end of it. I caught the typically, end. Just, yeah. just as I disappeared off the screen. <laughs> I ran in and, from work. I like pulled in with my car and I was like, it showed up on my phone. Like, Tim's online. And it, like I was like, no. And I ran in and hooked him up and caught the tail end of it. So Yeah. So you, you came in at the trap demo, which was probably the best bit because it wasn't me on the screens and talking. So that was that was good. Um but anyway, yeah, so uh, it did that. We covered a couple of... Um, so it's kind of like in homage to your last Battle of the System. So it's the late development Commodore 64 games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, there was a game called Heavenbound, which is really nice. I think you'd quite like that, Cody, actually. Hmm. You might want to try that one out. I want to say it sounds um, familiar for some reason. Yeah. 
and uh, what was the other ones? Uh, the Star Force series of games, which I never really knew existed. Uh, they're like a Star Space Force. Invaders clone, but with some um, more up-to-date graphics and power-ups and bits. And also a, like a little motorbike top-down racer called Retro Talk, uh, which was meant to be on a, a cover tape um, and never made it uh, because the magazine, if for the want of a better word, folded uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, before Ayo. the before well, there's a drum shot for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. So that that's my first part this month, uh, Cody. Yeah, we we were all interested to hear about your package, sir. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yes. Are, isn't everybody interested to hear about? Okay, I won't go there. Um, <laughs> well, it was my birthday. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Cody and. and Timothy would decided that I did the, I needed more things, um, and I'm very appreciative. Uh, and so that, I, that, that that thing was alluded to in a previous episode of Pixel Gaiden. Well, I didn't have any idea where that it was coming, but yes, you're right. You you picked up what I was putting down. Um, so first of all, per usual, it was filled with all kinds of packing material, otherwise known as Cadbury's candies of yeah, various sorts. Crunchies. Yeah. I got the crunchies, but I also got a bag of like crunchy nuggets. I forget what they were called, but they were like crunchies broken mm. up, covered in chocolate. Yeah. And then we got um uh and I gave I gave I didn't quite give half to Eric. Right. But I <laughs> I did it's your birthday present. It's your birthday. So. I know, so, I know. But you got crunchies and I gave you one of those I don't I still have no idea what it is. It's like looks like a tube of toothpaste. And it's called like sherbet with licorice, which there's no way on God's green earth that that combination is going to work. It does. No, there's I'm no not, way. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a licorice fan myself, but I used to eat those back in the day, um, and I used to use the licorice only as a, a, a receptacle to scoop up the uh, the sherbet and then chuck <laughs> the licorice away later. <laughs> Anyways, the, the thing the thing with that stuff is is it's just like the licorice in it. it the sherbet is really really powdery, and it, you you just kind of like get that anywhere near your nose, and you're like sneezing for a week. <laughs> So you basically gave us, like, child cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I gave one to Eric because I think that needs to be experienced. And I haven't haven't enjoyed it yet. No, ours is still sitting there, too. Although, as a family, we were going to, like, try it. And then I was like, but wait, we're not going to, like, dip the same piece of candy into some powder and, like, lick it all and, like, give it to you. That's just gross. That's not going to happen. So I don't know how we're going to share it yet, but we'll figure it out. Um couple of uh, delicious uh, caramel candy, Cadbury things. One's called a Galaxy Bar. Mm-hmm. Galaxy Salt. Yeah. That was good. I already, already ate half Breathing of that. creamy Cadbury's Galaxy. But the piece de resistance was this fine little unit, which I have in my hands right here. And it is the Sega Master System 2, for the most part, that I grew up with loving and knowing and it was a this is a piece of my childhood right here um although i feel like the power button was different on mine i don't know why i don't recall what exactly looked like um also if you look on the back here it says pal so mine didn't say that either right mine (laughs) mine said ntsc which is fine it's awesome um so i have not been able to try it yet because this model is a stripped down version of the full-on master system um, which means it can play the cartridge games, but cannot do the little hue cards. Yeah, the little cards. Right. Yep. No card slot on that. 
Um, and it also means um, that it has RF out only, no audio video, which means I would have to plug this into my one of one of my TVs that only has a coax in it, or that has a coax in it, and it would have to be PAL, and I don't have that combination of things yet. So I will have to mod this to play it. Right. Now, the cool thing about that is, yeah, if I mod this to play it, it'll be no different as far as what it can do than my master system. However, every one of these has a game built in. Sure. And to this day, I had no idea which one is built into this master system. It could be, <laughs> to my knowledge, now obviously you're not going to give anything away, Tim, because I'm going to have no. to put a lot of time and effort to mod this to figure out what game's on here. Um, the one I had grew up with was Alex Kidd. Um, I don't believe the Snail game ever came on a Master System 2. That was on a Master no, System 1. it was only on the early Master Systems, yep. I know Sonic came on some of these. The the Master System Sonic games, <laughs> correct? The eyebrows say it all. Tim, I'm just asking you which games came on the Master I'm not telling you what, asking what's on here. I'm just saying. Sonic yes, is on some of these. and also Super Hang On and Duck Hunt got built into some of them as well. Duck Hunt? Yep. Not Duck Hunt. What was the what was, was the shooting game? Was it, was it, it Duck was, Hunt? No, Masters? it was called like Power Shot or something like that. Oh, was something. it? Okay. Not not. Uh, no, that was the NES one, wasn't it? Duck Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. NES um, had Duck was, Hunt slash Mario, Super Mario, or something, right? Have you seen yeah. one of these? Eric? I haven't. Because <clears throat> they did. Um, they did do a build. I'm sure they did do a build in shooting game. I know they definitely some Master Systems came built in with Super Hang On. Yeah. My so mine my was, Master System. Not my uh, not the two, but my normal master system, which is right in front of me right now too. Uh, I actually have the 3D, one of the 3D games built into that because this was one that came packed in with the glasses. Yeah, um, and it was like yeah, 3D missile shoot or something. The missiles come at you and you try to shoot them out of the sky. Do you have to get a power adapter for that too? Uh, I doubt it. Okay. No, that'll work with the. Um uh, Future was eight bit power power adapter. Ooh, okay. Same as the Spectrum forty eight, essentially. Okay. Same there you go. Nice. And uh, and Genesis. <clears throat> Genesis power is exactly the same. See, I don't have any of those little hue cards, so something that size would fit better in my little consoles other than the giant <laughs> the, the the humongous giant Sega Master System. It's not that big, but yeah, this is yeah. this is, you know, sixty percent the size. Yeah. But it's just this cute little round thing with the yeah. cute little pause button. That's cool. Have you uh, got a master system, Eric? I do. I have the big, the big one, which is fine. The normal one, yeah. Super eighties yeah. one. The super eighties one, yeah. Yeah, that well, original. Someone else has a birthday coming up soon as well, don't they? So you never yeah, that. I I knew one person that had this master system. Same here. And nobody else had this. I just got it cheap out of a Sears catalog, okay. I, not knowing what it was at the time. Yep. So, my, to my knowledge, to my estimate, as rare as the Master System is, this little rounded Model 2 is even more rare. Yeah. Although it's not very sought after here. I mean, they they don't go they go for like 100 bucks. Yeah. Um, which doesn't really tell how rare a NTSC Master System 2 really is, to be honest. But, yeah. Um, that seems to be the going rate mine. right now is about 100 bucks. Like, you could walk into the local shop and something's about 100 bucks. Might about be eighty. About bucks. Might be eighty. Might be hundred. Might be hundred ten. That's about the going rate. About hundred bucks. Yeah. So, Atari yeah. Lynx about a hundred bucks. 3DO about a hundred bucks. Neo Geo about a hundred bucks. Uh, no, none of these. Not okay. the no. <laughs> I'm talking about the mainstream guys. No, I got you. I got you. Um, 
So what beer? Did- oh yeah, and and I got beer from the Wild Beer Company. You did. <laughs> Which they're like the the beers I covet and love that to yeah. the point where I'm never going to like allow myself to have one because the occasion is not going to be special enough. Right. Right. But yes, I've got two of the sourdoughs. Yep. And I got one of the. It sounds awful, but the mushroom one. <laughs> The, the beer, the beer of champions, beer of champions, which is well, mus- we we had the mushroom one on the air and it was pretty good. It tasted right? actually it tasted very similar to the sourdough, sourdough one, exactly. Else, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. <clears throat> but there's there's so. a story, a very very small story behind that one, and I think I did let you know, Cody. But um, when I went to the uh, to the shop the last the last time I could actually go into shops um, was when I went to the beer place um, and I mentioned that beer to them and they said oh no we sold out and you know that was just a single run beer um, and then I was just stacking up the beers buying a load um, and he said oh hang on a minute I might actually have one two bottles left of that <laughs> And he he went out, and about ten minutes later, he came back. He must have like turned over everything in the in, wow. the in the back of the store, and came back with these two dusty bottles, which was the last two bottles ever of the breakfast of champions. That's crazy. Um, and there we go. So you have one of the last two ever bottles of that. So yeah, now I can't ever sell it. Yeah, or, you're or not have to just sell keep it, it or eat it, drink it. Drink it. Yeah, <laughs> because because it's that is my um my savings bond that is my retirement now that's right because they're going to go huge and that's going to be like that's the one know, yeah that's, everyone that's the one yeah. yep because <laughs> everything's collectible nowadays um, so another thing that came in that package was from tim was this which when i opened it i didn't immediately recognize it but i have you did you take a look at that i haven't seen it yet but yeah so it is a commodore 128 video solution i guess you would say yeah because uh and you can correct me here if i'm wrong tim but i know when i got my first commodore 128 maybe five years ago six years ago the the challenge was there are multiple video ports in the back of the of of the commodore 128 one is a simple commodore 64 because it is a commodore 64 it has a commodore 64 mode and that's easy enough you plug in the typical little din connector for the commodore 64 but there is another connector which is for 80 column mode and the Commodore 128 goes into two modes, 40 column and 80 column. 40 columns easy enough. That just works. But the 80 column mode is a pain in the butt on the Commodore 128 because it is wired differently than most RGB connectors. It it I I basically had to make my own cable, which was black and white only. And to get color, you need some kind of special wiring on the RGB connector. And then you need a monitor that can support both the connectors at the same time, because the Commodore 128 can output video on different ports at the same time, as well as... Yeah, it can actually output three, so you can actually output RF... Yep. The the standard um, video port and the RGBI port, I believe it is. That's right. Exactly. RGBI and I stands for intensity. And if you don't have that Intense. intensity feature on your monitor, you're really hosed. It just doesn't look right. Yeah. Um, the colors don't look right. So it's a nightmare. So anyway, thanks, Tim, for this. So what this is is a connector that goes in the Commodore 128 port 
video port and allows you and allows you to go to SCART. Mm -hmm. And then I assume the switch is for 40 column or 40 column and then 80 column, right? Yep. So you plug it into both sockets. Yep. So you plug the, uh, the, Obviously, yep. the D, D-type connector into the RGBI. You plug the DIN connector into the video output socket, um, and then you connect a SCART cable up, and yep. then you literally just switch between the two, and obviously you've got the 48-column button yep. to press on the 128 as so this, well. So this is, just um, a, this is just a nice little solution instead of absolutely. Co- cobbling it's, together crappy cables, which I, is what I had to do, and it did, never yeah. worked really well. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Really good. And that is by um, the guy on Twitter is Sven Pook. Nice. At Sven Pook. So that's awesome. So I was all excited because I opened that. I was all excited. So I started digging through my boxes because I was like, I have to have a regular SCART cable, like a mail to mail. (laughs) And I look, I don't have one. I've never needed (laughs) one. So like I was dead in the water. So like I ordered one on eBay for six bucks that here in California. So it should be here like That's tomorrow. That's just the fun of being into retro computers and video game systems is every time yep. you buy a connector, you need a new adapter to adapt the connector to another connector, which needs an adapter to connect yep. the things. I've got boxes and boxes of wires. <laughs> Exactly. That's that's what we live off, isn't it, with boxes <laughs> and cables. So his website is c128adapter.pook.nl. How do you spell pook? P-O-O-K. There we go. P-O-O-K. Okay. So anyway, that's awesome. Thank you, Tim. I really appreciate it. Um, speaking pleasure, of sir. speaking of little gifts, little what, gifts. What do you have there, Cody? Well, I got something for my wife. And this is see, birthdays and Christmas are always fun because, of course, there's gift, there's merriment and gift giving yep. and celebration, sir. But the downside is we as people who like to buy retro things don't get to buy things for ourselves for like a month because if we take something off our list that somebody else could buy we will bring down the wrath of yeah the wife and the family so uh for my birthday i only got one uh one video game related item which i never would have bought myself which is cool um and it also means i now get to buy things for myself again but this was the item Uh, i'll show it to tim first here yep Whoa. I don't know if you can tell what that is. It's like a little shadow box with Frogger. Yeah, yeah it's like a little diorama thing of Frogger. It's like an arcade Frogger. It looks like you're playing the game, and there's actually three different panes of glass in here with, like, three different depths. Depths. Yeah. Um, it's super cool. That's weighty. It is weighty. And uh, there's nowhere in my room to hang it because there's so much stuff in here. But I will find a place. I think it's super cool looking. Oh, you'll find a place. I'll find a place. Yeah, you got to find a place for this. This is really nice. Yeah, I think it's cool. So is that, that all? You have to kind of see like it. It's kind of um, almost actual arcade size, isn't it? Arcade screen size. Yeah, it's probably so. similar to um, our little like three quarter inch yeah. arcades, like the, my little Street Fighter uh, arcade yeah. one up cab I have behind me. That's a neat gift. I like it. That is neat. Yeah, Same yeah. pickup. Super cool. Um. So my wife really smashed that gif out of the park. No, what else was smashed this month? What was that? Astro. <laughs> Astro smash. <laughs> Nailed it. We partake. We we partaken in some Astro smash this month. Did we not, guys? I did not. I actually, this is a surprise to me because I didn't really. Play I thought it. you were involved in that. No, I yeah, wasn't. Well, 
I thought you played a little bit. I did not. Astro Smash on the television? Yeah. yeah. I didn't play yeah. I didn't play a lick of it. Wow, Tim Tim and I were both under the impression that you were part of that. Nope. Yeah. I wasn't we part going, of it. We were I going did. back and forth on the Twitters. So anyways, I think Tim played some, and I said, impromptu Astro, Astro Smash competition. Because I had yep. actually never played it before. Um, I got the cart in that last little batch yeah. of like random cart, loose carts. Yeah. And I never actually took the time to set up the television and finally play it. Um, and it is a whole lot of fun. However, I, we found something out, Tim, while we were playing it, didn't we? We did. <laughs> what did we just, find out? It's 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 more of a game of endurance than anything, isn't it? Sure. <laughs> it's a, how long can your uh, yes? How long can your wrist hold out? That's what I've. That's <laughs> what I found control. playing it because I love the game. I think and I think it's a really neat concept, especially the scoring mechanism. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. It it's just sitting there. You could play that game for three hours. Yep. You just, you win. I mean, I was. I literally. I was at the point where I was trying to die. Mm-hmm. but I can't yeah. let myself just die. So I have to sit there and like, at least like pretend to shoot every once in a while. Yeah. And my boop, free life. Crap. All right. <laughs> nah, cool. I lost two. Boop, free life. Boop, free life. Shoot. I'm right back to where I started. Yeah. Like it, um, so now there's three levels of difficulty you can choose. When yeah. I first played it, I started right on, I want to say the hardest. And so when I saw Tim score, I'm like, there's no way, like that's insane. And then I kind of looked at it and said, what did you press when you started? We kind of worked it backwards and figured out we were starting on easy, which is, yeah, endur- we'll just call it endurance mode. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a cool game. I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with the, uh, the new Amico version of that game, the right, Intellivision yeah. Amico version. Um, by the way, I just want to thank Doug, 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast, again. Thank you very much for sending me that copy of Astro Smash. It's very much appreciated. That's right. You got a nice box coffee. Did it, did it have yeah, the little uh, overlays it, yeah. and everything? Yeah, the overlays, yeah. yeah. It's a great game. I, I mean, I really like that game a lot. So, I, It's one of those things where the gameplay is great, but just kind of the setup. It's like, maybe the correct answer is difficulty two. Yeah. Maybe that's what we just need. We didn't do difficulty two. Yep. <laughs> cool beans. Um, a couple of games I've been playing. Okay. Uh, on You mentioned Steam. There's this game that, for whatever reason, it's like... No one's talked about it. No one's ever told me about it. I know nothing about it. But I kept seeing it on the Steam store, and I'm like, man, it just looks like a whole lot of fun. It can't be that good, because it's always on sale for, like, $1.99. Right. They're, like, blowing it out. But it was called Mad Bullets. Okay. And I was looking at it. It's just, like, this super, like, cardboard cutout, cartoony-looking, like, uh, shooting gallery game, where you literally just use your mouse and, like, point and click on things to shoot them. Like, super simple. Okay. I think I've put like 10 hours into this game. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's so fun. You quite like that one then. Um, yeah, it's it's like this cheesy old western, you know, you're going through an old town and shooting the bad guys. And of course, for no reason whatsoever, like innocent people will pop out in the screen like, ah! And you just don't jump out in front of me if you don't want to get shot. Why right. would you do that? Anyways, they jump out. Ah! And, um, uh, it's it's simple, stupid. You point at things, you shoot them. Uh, there's animals that just kind of hang around, like vultures you can shoot for points. There's boxes you can shoot dynamite that if you shoot the dynamite things around, that will blow up. But if the innocent victim is near it and you blow them up, you lose health. Um, but then it's got that kind of um, roguelike thing where you start with so many bullets and as you shoot things, you collect money. And then when you die, you can spend that money for upgrades which is just this vicious loop I can't get away from. I love it. I just eat that stuff up. Right. 
Uh, and then there's like challenges you can do. Like, so while you're doing, I mean, this, you take a game that's so simple, point and shoot stuff. That's all it is. And you add this stuff and I eat it up. And that's why I can't figure out why more games don't do this kind of thing. Cause it just makes them good. Right. Um, so what's, what's the perspective you're looking on in the game? So is it kind of like first person, almost like operation wolf or first person, like or- first person, like on rails, you're just like slowly, Imagine you're on like a Disneyland ride where you're like slowly going through the scenery. So it's more of a light gun game then. Yeah, it's really a light gun game, but I'm using the mouse with a reticle. Um, But it's cool too because the the path isn't always the same. They'll take they'll take a whole bunch of different detours and stuff. So every game is different. Um, So did you see um, did you see the video that um, Neil Retro Man Cave put out the other day about the the new light gun that you can use on? PCs on the, L- um, on LCDs and projector screens. Yeah, the Sindin light gun, I think that's is what it's one. called. Yeah. Now, the yeah, Sindin, for a while there, was only going to be for, like, Duck Hunt and a couple of specific games, but that changed? Oh, yeah. I, there were, the, the plan was always to get a lot more games to be able to work with it, and I think there's a lot more to it now. Yeah, um, well, um, Neil, on his video, he put out uh, last, last week, I think it was, um... Uh, yeah, he's he's had it working on uh, Mad Dog McCree. Um, oh, blimey, what else did he? Oh, um, Point Blank and uh, PlayStation. Oh, you know, any anything really? Because um, it just goes goes as a controller. Yeah. Um, so it t- took a little bit of getting set up, I think. And he his version he had had, had the recoil on it as well, um, which looked looked really good. That's really cool. Um, and he, he, first of all, he had it set up on a curved project a uh, curved screen. Yeah. Um, and then set it up on a video projector as well. Um, and yeah, lo- looks really good. Very cool. Oh, that, there it is. I pulled up a video of it. So this game is on the Switch as well, but I don't know how that would work. Um, without a mouse? Without a mouse. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I'm, I'm waiting for... There's the gameplay. It's showing like This is a trailer, so it's like super short bursts. Yeah. Um. I, it's so just kitschy and corny and fun and I love it. Like when you shoot things, they're they're people like moving kind of, but when you shoot them, they blow up in like card like they're cardboard. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so it uh, looks cool. I like it. Good times. <laughs> I like that game. Cool. Um, the other game that uh, we mentioned last time, I was going to start playing with my daughter, was we finished the first remake of the tomb raider series yeah. for the playstation 4 right mm-hmm. and i also had um shadow of the tomb raider on there which is like the newest one and then somebody else told me no the best one is the middle one and i said well i don't have that one well i looked back it turns out i did have that one too <laughs> um under the you know the playstation free games thing uh, but my daughter and i started shadow of the tomb raider so we're starting a whole new tomb raider adventure and um you know, it's good, but they did a lot of changes, and I don't know if I just got used to the first one, but I'm not quite digging this one quite as much, so we'll see if we keep going or not. Cool. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. it. That is all. Who wants to take this one? Because this kind of involves all y'all. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, you should Tim, start. Tim started it. Did Tim start no, it? No, Eric started it. No, I thought, <laughs> Wow. It, we all don't know. <laughs> I really thought you started it. Well, it's Tim, something I've been talking about for a while. I mean, I've wanted to do it, but I just wasn't getting off my what? Do you, what? How do you say it, Tim? Your my arse, my arse, 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 arse
arse. My arse? <laughs> keister. Yeah. I'm more of a keister fan myself. Um, I, but I, I just never, I didn't pull the trigger on it right away. And then I think you said, hey, I'm going to do this. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do it then. I was in the same boat. Like, I've, I wasn't, I've been wanting to do it forever. But what happened, the reason I'm giving Tim credit is um, we were all playing. What game were we playing? What was it that? It was um, the, the, oh, the new shooter, wasn't it? Um, what's it called? Oh, binary, binary Star. Binary Star. And we haven't, star, and we haven't yeah. got to it yet. Binary Star, yeah. Anyways, it has uh, a mode we talk about a lot on the show, Tate mode, where you can yeah. turn your screen sideways, and the game will play sideways, so that it is vertically situated. Yeah. And so Tim w- took the time to set up a monitor in his room vertically, so it just it makes the game feel so much cooler. I don't know what, how else to put it. You're right. Well, um, I didn't actually, because what I did is you showed me first that it could do that, and then I then <laughs> I've got my big TV in the living room, and what I did is I just put put it in that mode, and then sort of like just tilted my head the other way, and then I took a photo for Cody, and it's like, look, I got it, I got it all sorted. And he said, oh, how, my, how hey man, how did you do that? And I just said, well, I, I just I just took a picture and then tilted it. <laughs> okay, um, take it back. I started it. <laughs> and then, and then you, you, you then went and, uh, well, that was kind of like the glimmer of the idea, wasn't it? And then I think you then um, got your screen mount first. Yeah. So and, I've been, like Eric, I've been looking at this for a long time. time. Yeah. I've been looking at this for a, lo- for a long time. And I just kept checking Amazon. And at first they were like 200 bucks. Uh, but they finally, I just finally looked, I looked like every year I'd look for one and it's a rotating monitor mount. So uh, I took my 37 inch TV flat screen here and just took the old mount off, put this new one on. You kind of hang your TV. It's kind of on built on a disc. And the way mine works is, um, in fact, Eric, you got, you got yours before I did mm-hmm. magically I did, even yeah. though you ordered after, I think. That's right. Um, well, the way mine works is it rotates in there, but it locks every 90 degrees yeah so it's locked into horizontal and then i pull a string on the bottom which undoes the latch and the string gets in the way sometimes it's kind of a pain in the butt but for the most part it's pretty easy pull the string undoes the latch turn the tv until it clicks now it's vertical and it's great for all kinds of games but eric what yours is a little different yeah mine's just a swivel arm that mounts on the wall it was like 16 dollars at amazon so it's super cheap super cheap um, and it, it's an arm, so I can actually pull the monitor away from the wall as well. But yeah, it it doesn't lock into ninety degrees. It it's literally just a nut that is in the middle of the mount that you can. I can just swivel it three sixty, and it it doesn't click into any position. But it works really well, and it was super cheap. And I literally just take it and move it to ninety degrees and play. I can move it to the other ninety degrees and. I, uh, it's great. I even bought a, I even bought a new TV just to go with it because I wanted one that, <laughs> well, I wanted one that was lighter. I got and, a $16 mount. Great deal. Anyways, bought a new TV for it. That's right. I did. Yeah. I needed, I needed $300 on a new TV. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't spend that much, but, um, I, I got like a cheap monitor. I think it was like 120 bucks, but it was, it was better than the one that I had in there. And it's, it doesn't have a very big bezel around the edge. Oh, so yeah, it's yeah. very, it goes you know, all the way to the edges, which is nice for some of those games. Makes them look a lot nicer. Um, so it works great. I'm really happy with it. I mean, I've been playing a ton of different games. Yeah, so my, for me, 
<clears throat> obviously i can't i can't really do that in my living room um and my walls here in uh in the in the retro loft um are mostly just plasterboard <laughs> so if yeah. i try to hang anything like that on there i've got no hope whatsoever um so i got my um uh, I can't remember the exact number of it, but the the Dell monitor that I mentioned a month or two ago um, that I got for the Amiga, yeah, um, and that one just has a rotating stand on it. So, I, but I can only turn it round clockwise ninety degrees. I can't turn it the other way round. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so it doesn't work for Binar Star, but it works super super well for uh, Pinball FX. Oh, that's great. Which is what we've been playing because the good thing in Pinball FX is that they've actually got the rotate option in built into the game. So you can keep rotating until you've kind of got it to where you want it, as it were. So that, that really works well. Um, so yeah, so I've, I've been able to, um, jump onto the Tate revolution as well. And if any of our listeners have not played a vertical shmup or pinball in vertical mode, it just, it feels, I don't know how to explain it. It just, it's better. It's good. Yeah, I've been playing Dodon yeah, Pachi so on a uh, Mister like the the arcade core, and when you rotate, it's like a whole different game. I mean, it's just so smooth and so amazing. I mean, just just to have it in that mode. So and pinball pinball is, I mean, so pinball effects obviously has it built in. A lot of pinball games will have that built in. Yeah. In, in fact, I downloaded I went and downloaded Demon Tilt finally. Okay. That kind of new new old school pinball because. Yeah a game i could not play it it's so vertical Mm -hmm. and horizontal on a horizontal tv i can't (laughs) play it but when i go vertical and the whole thing fills up now the game opens up it's like pouring the right beer in the right glass you know what i mean it just kind of opens it up (laughs) um anyways so we talked about this a little bit in the last episode i uh did a cody's corner pinball 101 um so i suggest our listeners hop on there you can download, especially if you have a Switch, uh, download Pinball FX3, which comes with one free table, yeah. the entire table. So you don't even have to pay a penny, but you can add more tables if you want. And send two, doesn't it? Comes with Sorcerer's Lair and Fishtails. Oh, it does come with Fishtails, which is a real yeah. table. Yeah, yeah, a video version of the real table. Yeah. Um, so, as you can hop on there and give us uh, your Switch code or vice versa, ask us for ours. And we can all just have a big old pixel guide in pinball competition constantly going, which is what I would love. Like we've already got uh, high scores listed on like seven tables between the three of us. And then you've added your friend, Gary, Tim. Yeah. Gary's on there. Yeah. Oh, I need to add him. I think I don't, I, added, I don't see his scores in there. So yeah, I've got a couple other people that put their, their friend codes up on, okay. on our discord. We can talk off air about that, but cool. yeah love and pinball and you really have to learn the rules and get into how to play the game and dig into it not just flip the ball around but it's yeah the, the so interesting much better. dynamic yeah. is the um is the is the challenge modes isn't it on that and where you can uh then build up your uh was it your wizard powers or whatever it is um and that that's where yeah you they've got a lot of like, up the scores yeah kind of yeah play as you go or if you want to call it rpg elements or yeah things like that which I can see pros and cons to that, but um, it's cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. And, of course, those modes have to be built into those things because a lot of people for years now have been making virtual pinball tables where they take a monitor and put it in an actual pinball cabinet or make their own pinball cabinet and connect everything up with all kinds of cool things like um, 
even putting little contactors inside the cabinet so that when you hit the flipper or a pop bumper goes off, you'll actually feel the cabinet, you know, go clink, clink, clink. Like, yeah. it's, it's so cool. Uh, that's kind of been on my wish list eventually to do, but that'd be a very big project. Yeah. yeah. Eric, yeah. Uh, speaking of new adventures, like kind of like our pinball adventure. Yeah, so What's this... What's your new adventure? This has been kind of the object of my obsession for this month, which I've spent a lot of time messing around with this. It is the Wonder Swan. There it is. So I grabbed a Wonder Swan, um, this little orange one. Wonder Swan color. So the... The uh, the backstory to this was, you know, you have a Wonder Swan, and I had we had talked about it on a past show, a lo- kind of a while ago, and I liked it. And I was like, okay, these are cool. You know, maybe I'll try to look out for one. There was a guy on Twitter that was had a batch of these. He had bought just regular Wonder Swan colors, and he was installing upgraded, um, uh, upgraded screens for them, the IPS LED ones. And so I thought, well, I was probably going to do that mod anyway, like I did on my Neo Geo Pocket Color. So um, this is it with the screen. So if you want to take a look at that screen, but look what's also on there. I see it already. So I did get the Flashmaster Wonder Swan thing because what I found was the there is an argument to be made, like you said, that there's not that many games that can be played in English, so why get the $100 flashcard for it? But I found that there are seven games that are translated into English that are ROMs that you can only play if you move them to a... Flashcart. Oh, no. Yeah, so so you're showing it to Tim on the screen. So there are oh by the way so there, you, i think you did a palette change i did yeah so they're on the right hand side tap it on the top just tap it anywhere yep yep there it goes so and then the if you tap it on the left is the color yeah there you go so those are palette changes those are mainly for black and white games kind of like the game boy and if you tap it on the left there's it's the dimming of the screen so you can say battery life i don't know about that stuff I, you showed me that on a previous led mod you did but yeah the, my, the neo geo pocket color has yeah. the same thing you're right i don't i don't sure if i like it because i sometimes i accidentally touch the top um but there are seven games seven or eight games that have english translations so that's kind of neat but one thing which is worth the price of admission on this and i've been loving this game is called judgment silver sword mm-hmm and that game, if you buy it new, if you buy it in the box, it is like five hundred bucks or six hundred dollars. I mean, it is a what? rare, it is a rare game. So, so it is made. It is a sequel to Radiant Silvergun. Right, and it is awesome. I've been playing that nonstop, trying to get higher scores in it, and I love that. And that's on the flash cart right now, and it plays in Tate mode on the Wonder Swan. So. It, it it's one of the I I had never seen a game playing in on the Wonder Swan in Tate mode, but that game is so awesome, and that's one I've been playing a lot. But I've been playing Mr. Driller. I haven't I haven't started exploring a lot of games yet because I just got all the mods and and the flash cart just like a week ago. So I haven't. So done how a much ton. did you pay for the Wonder Swan itself? I think it was seven. I think he charged me seventy nine bucks, and that included the screen mod. All right. Okay. Yeah. So. And the SD reader, what was that? That was about hundred bucks. Yeah, that one was quite a bit, quite quite pricey. And then I also got a, um, 
I got Mr. Driller because it's one of my favorite games. And like I got a hard that, copy. I got a real copy in the box because I really love that game. But yeah. uh, it's a good game. But Judgment Silver Sword on this. So it's interesting. Judgment Silver Sword just got released on Steam. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, for like three dollars, I expect. I think it's seven ninety nine, but yeah, it'll eventually go on sale for yeah two ninety nine, one ninety nine, or whatever. But so before we move on, though, you got to try you got to try the uh, Tate mode. Tate mode on the Wonder Swan with Judgment Silver Sword. So I've been using Tate mode. I have a couple games that do it. Oh, okay. But I have not ever I think tried. I might have thrown it into a different palette there too. So you might need to move it back into. There it is. But so Judgment Silver Sword for people that don't know, it is a. Japanese shoot 'em up that is you have a direct fire, you have a wide spectrum fire, and then you have a shield button. The the bottom button is shield. Um, then there is wide, and then there is direct, and that's all there is. So it's actually kind of simple firing controls, which I appreciate, especially on a little handheld. But um, I have gotten like I think my high score is eight hundred thousand right now on that, and I. I what I really like about it is I keep getting better at it. It's not one of those shmups that you hit a wall and you're like, I can't go any further. This is too difficult. Like, yeah. every time I pick it up, I seem to gain, like, 50,000 points or 100,000 points. Like, I get better and better at this game, and it, I just think it's a solid... It is really good. <laughs> it's a it right solid now. shmup. Yeah. I'm loving it. It is... It. I, I got to tell you, on any... So far, and I've ha- I've been playing this for about two weeks now... It's probably my favorite shoot 'em up on any mobile like handheld device. Because and mainly because it's in Tate mode, which is really nice because it utilizes the screen real estate better. But uh, that's Judgment Silver Sword. So if you get a chance to play it, just a fantastic shoot 'em up. So Good stuff. How, yeah. How are you liking it there, Cody? I'm loving it. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a solid shoot 'em up. All right, I need to put it down. I got a show to do. Yep, yep. So anyway, I'll, I'll it's turn good. Off. It is good. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sure I'll eventually have to get one of those. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that that to me, that game, one game alone is worth the price of admission. Like I, I. Well, now I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, grab my. Uh... Yep. Did you like the screen mod other than the kind of the palette switching Ab- switches? Absolutely. That screen is bright. I mean, that, Tim, that screen is so bright. I could see it from here. It looked really bright, yeah. And, yeah. and one of the things about the Wonder Swan... see it from England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that's really nice is that... Um, so the Wonder Swan is rated to be about 20 hours on one AA battery, which is amazing. It's crazy. Yeah, so, you won't get that, that screen, though, I don't expect. <laughs> no, on that screen... But I am getting like five or six hours, which is still pretty good. Still, still for, good, for yeah. one double A battery, that's still not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, which is what I'm trying to put in mine right now. I'm trying to find a double A. Oh, so <laughs> while you're doing that, I can actually, Go I can actually it. talk about one more thing here, based on the Wonder Swan. Um, and I hope I, ha- I hope I brought this, but if I didn't, I can just talk to you about it. Here goes the microphone. Uh, yikes. Wow. The microscope <laughs> fell over. Mic down, mic down. We had a mic catastrophe. Um, so, Eric, you, you were reaching into your bag there. What have you got? Yeah, so I, I don't know if I brought this or not, but what I did is a lot of these Wonder Swans have a power switch problem, mm-hmm. whereas the power switch doesn't work right. And the background to the power switch problem is that 
they were they wanted to put a physical switch in the Wonder Swan to turn it on and off when it just moves left and right. Yeah. But instead, they used a push button. Yeah. But the circuit board isn't designed for a push button. It has four contacts. Okay. For so a switch. It's putting stress on the board. Yeah. So on as your Wonder Swan got older, which is all of them now. Mm-hmm. The power switch works like crap. Like it half the time it doesn't work. You have yeah. to push other buttons down to like flex the board to make it work right. Bit like my uh, 7200. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and so what this guy on eBay did is he sells these little kits for I think it was I want to say it's around 10 bucks, but it is a sticker that you open up your Wonder Swan and you put the sticker on the button on the contacts but it's it's conductive and it gotcha. raises it up a, like a millimeter or something and it makes it so the button works every single time hmm. i just got it in the mail today like it arrived today okay. so i want to install that because it is annoying i don't know if you noticed on mine you seem to handle the power switch pretty well but i'll sit there and like try to turn my wonder swan off like, oh, and it, yeah i took a couple tries yeah um but anyway so what what's going on over there, Cody? Well, I put a, I have a black and white game in here at the moment, but yeah, but no, it's definitely here if you want to check it out. That's Load Runner. Okay, but um, if you catch it at the right angle, it's beautiful. In a slightly yep. wrong angle, it goes black. Yeah, I see that. So that's and, what it is. And this is the Wonder Swan crystal, right? That's the crystal, yeah, which is the best screen for a Wonder Swan. It, it's supposed to be the best screen. Yep. Yep. No, it looks good. I mean, it's crisp. Yeah, it's a good screen, but it's not lit the way yours is lit. No, mine's you know. super bright, but you do take a sacrifice on the battery life. Yeah. So did the Wonder Swan actually come out over there? No. no. Nope. No. Didn't nope. come out in any way, shape, form, or fashion. It did not come no. out here. Um, but I am finding a lot of ROM hacks for um, for English translations, though. Well, that'll make me want to get the Flashmaster if that's... Yeah. I mean, when I say a lot, there's seven games, I think, or eight games in total... But there are games like Mr. Driller, which they did do an English translation, but the it, menu. you just don't really need it. Yeah. Um, but they did like Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 4 that have English translations. That's just, a big one. That's a big task right there. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, and like Judgment Silver Swan or <laughs> Judgment Silver Sword doesn't need really a translation. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm digging the system so far. It, it's. I think it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. That Judgment Silver Sword keeps me busy. I take it to work. That's a good one. Yeah. Tim, um, speaking of... um, (laughs) Video games. I'm getting really bad at this. Speaking of video games and pickups, what did you pick up? Um, Well, this this is probably literally one of my only pickups this month. Uh, It's been another lean month for me. Um, It's not not been for the want of trying by the way um but um a lot of the stuff that is just going stupid at the moment price wise so i just like nah i'm not getting involved with that um so one of my favorite games on the commodore 64 is buggy boy um, buggy boy uh, yeah. i do have the the tape version of it here but i managed to pick up the disc version oh, at a cool. very decent price oh that looks um, nice yeah, it's it's the case is a bit cracked, but anyway, that's that's authenticity. Um, but the funny thing with this one is the disc. Um, it's like a, a a white plastic disc, 
Um, oh, check that and out. So it's a five, five and a quarter inch disc, um, but it's actually screen printed on the front as well, and it's got the Elite logo on it as well. Um, wow. But this one has definitely seen better days. Um, it's it's a bit janky on the top here, and there's a big, uh, not not the normal notch, but there's a notch coming up off of the top <laughs> of the disc here. Um, so I, ha- I only got that the other day, so I haven't had time to, to give that one a spin. But um, if it loads, it loads. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Meh, doesn't matter. Um, it's just, just one for my it's collection. It's about the packaging. It's one of my favorite yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's got the instruction cool. instruction manual with it as well. So yeah, yeah, Buggy I got boy. I got really into that game, but probably a couple months ago when I finally give it a shot, and yeah, it's addictive. Yeah, it's it's one of one of the better arcade ports on the Commodore sixty four for sure. Solid game, very much. Speaking of solid games, speaking of solid games, what are we talking tell about? Tell us about your Switch games. Um, well, you know, I was actually let me interject before I get there. Mm-hmm. Because I also finally got uh, a new inbox Commodore game. Oh, okay. Ooh. Now, Tim, this finally showed up today. I was just about to say, I bet you're going to get your copy of Soul Force before I do. I got it today. Yep. I'm not going to get it. Thanks, Brexit. I just No, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> I am... Um, What's the word? Um, I, I can't really say a strong word on the channel at the moment. <laughs> um, I am not gonna, very happy. You're flummoxed. Um, you're going to get yeah, it, right? Well, you're going to get it eventually. It, well, I don't know. Um, uh, there's a whole whole deal with Brexit going on. I know, and I know things have been difficult, um, but I'm. <sighs> I, I, d- I don't like to say things negative. I'm not a very negative person in that respect. Um, my personal experience with ProtoVision has not been a good one in the past. Um, and, yeah, I, 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 I literally ordered that thing, as far as I know, minutes after the pre-orders went live. And I still haven't got my copy Yeah, I think yet. we did it at about the same time, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And I, I, you know, I know things are difficult out there and I know things are difficult for, for everyone. Um, but that thing should have been shipped. And even if it wasn't, you know, even if it was going to take a while, it should have come by now. Um, and I know now that he has pretty much stopped shipping to the UK. Um, and yeah, I'm not particularly happy. I've got to admit. So shoot, where's ProDivision out of? Is that Germany? <clears throat> Um, ProDivision is in Europe. Somewhere, exactly somewhere in Europe. Is. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not being imperialistic or anything like that. Um, I know how shipping works. I know what, what needs <laughs> yeah. to be done. You're right. Um, and this stuff should be getting to us in the UK. Yes, I know it might cost a little bit of extra money to get the stuff shipped at the moment. Um, but customer service should come first above profits in my point of view but there we go that's my piece so when you do get it you will open the box <laughs> and throw it in the bin <laughs> and throw it oh man no, I, I just got it today and obviously we you already you two both unlike myself have actually played the game yeah and uh i am still very excited i held off because i wanted to plug in the physical pretty white cartridge yeah into my Commodore and play it off the cartridge. So I've held off, even though, yeah, I do have a digital version of it. Um, 
So I'm excited to play Soul Force on my Commodore 64. Game by Sarah Jane Avery, and it did come with my little paper craft punch-out ship, which I can build. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Um, of course, being myself, as much as it'd be fun to put this together and have it sit in my my shelf until I collect enough dust where it gets thrown away, I'll probably just keep it like this. <laughs> um, apparently this is the Radar Warboat. I wonder if they have, all come with a different ship. I know they you might. can pay more to get six ships rather than just one, but... Yeah, I'd like to be able to tell you, but... <laughs> oh boy we're just gonna shut tim's off mic from this point on until we're done with this segment um nice big manual yep um eight pages the one thing i, I, I mean it's, i guess it's nice but i don't want to look is she actually puts in a picture and information about all every stage in the game yeah, because I, I mean I've played it now quite a bit and I'm pretty far in it, but I don't know how far. I don't. I have no context to know if I I'm can near tell you the exactly end. how far. I know yeah. exactly how many stages and what each one is. Yeah, uh, and then I got of course a sticker which I'm going to put the on the back of my sports car to let everyone know that I enjoy Soul Force. Nice. Um, so this is again the first game I have purchased in my lifetime for more than like forty dollars ever. Okay. So. And I, really, in my mind, I was buying this game and all her previous games because they're amazing, and I didn't pay enough for them. Yeah. So, got cool that. Deal. Um, we already mentioned a couple of these games, but on the Switch, I picked up a few games because of our cool new Tate rotating monitor experience that we're all excited about. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Binary Star. Yep. Which is a shmup. Yep. You guys could talk about this with me, but uh, it takes a while to get used to the screen shake. Yeah. There is some serious screen shake in that game. Did they not um, version that out? Did I don't, they not version it out? I, I don't know, because I actually played that for, I think, an hour straight until I beat it. And then I haven't touched it since. I enjoyed okay. it. I enjoyed it while I played it. <laughs> I think they were going to select a, make an option where you can turn it on and off, right? Or at least yeah. less. Yeah. But it was yeah distracting. Yeah. I actually got used to it. I actually did get used to it. but Yeah. Really cool game. I love that art style, kind of like Downwell or um, a couple other games that use just black, white, and red. Yeah. Those are the only three colors. Um, it, was, it was on sale for Dirt Cheap, but if it's on sale like that, highly recommended. I think it's really cool. Uh, then I got two other games, which I didn't realize were related. One called Void Gore, which just came out. Okay. Another um, shooter, which is kind of a... It's actually kind of um, like another game you and I have been playing, Eric. Um where it's a shooter, but after you, as you play the game, you collect tokens. And when you die, you can turn those tokens into a shop to upgrade your character and play again to get further. So it's kind of like a built-in progression uh, thing. And then another game called Null Drifter, which is kind of like a twin-stick, almost like Geometry Wars kind of game. Okay. But still in that really lo-fi three-color mode. And it turns out both those games are made by Play... Or at least uh, distributed by Play Asia. Okay. Uh, which is the distributor out of Hong Kong, right? Hong Kong. Um, they, they import a lot of games over here to America and other countries. Gotcha. Um, and they're making these really cool games now, which are really simple jump-in-and-play experiences. And these are the kind of experiences that I don't understand when people say, you know, some people are I I don't like any system newer than the PlayStation because all the games are terrible. Well, these are the games we used to play, but like new ones, 
like they are. They're things like this. They're out there. You just don't. It's fine. You don't need to go play The Last of Us or in some kind of new story-driven game. But these games are out there. They're quick, fun arcade action that you can get better at and play for scores. And and they have other things built into them now. And I think they're great. Right. Uh, and then the last one is Anger Force, which is a really weird named game. But it is a shmup, vertical shmup, and then they do have Tate mode built in, or Tate mode. Yeah. And I love this game. And maybe, Eric, you can talk about this one more since you've played some of it. Yeah, so it's a game where you can pick multiple different characters, at least in campaign mode. They have an arcade mode, like a campaign mode, a co-op mode. Um, and you can pick different characters. And they're, the kind of shtick to it is that you can fire, but you can also hold down another button to recharge your energy. Another vertical shmup. Yep, and your energy will then you can pick two different weapons. One is a it takes less energy but is less damage, and one causes more damage. And then there's bombs, just like a typical shmup. But um, you can keep basically you keep going through, and you can keep building up your character's stats like an RPG kind of. Um, so it's a really neat. Um, Really neat shoot 'em up. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying playing it quite a bit, and I've been playing it at home quite a bit as much as I can in the last week or two. I can't remember, Tim. Did you try this one yet, or no? Anger Force. He's just shaking his head while he eats something. Yeah. Just, you don't don't make any noises. We'll just describe. What I he's thought doing. he muted something. <laughs> he probably did. Yeah. I'm trying to get a uh, gameplay of Anger Force up here. No, I've not seen this one before. <laughs> there he is. I hear his, I hear his sweet, sultry voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's Anger Force. <laughs> Look at bullets and ships. It's a really cool, cartoony... Um, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's very Japanese, but also... I guess it's just very not Japanese what it is. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of almost like a, an upgraded version of like... Um, Either Gigawing or uh, some of the the Sikio games. Yeah, I could see that a little bit. But and just to gorgeous. Let you know, uh, I've I've got super lag this end. I'm just not seeing anything when you put videos up, Cody. Oh shoot. Okay. Well. Yeah. We've that's, seen this. That's before. why you're. That's why you're not very impressed. <laughs> oh, I've I've got a screen now. About thirty five seconds in. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, great game. I suggest y'all pick that up as well. Um, although Tim's got another great game to discuss. Yes. Although, is- although 35 seconds later. Yeah, um, I've got... Um, this one's been here for a while, actually. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, I completely forgot I had it. <laughs> oh, really? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's one of our, our favorite ZX Spectrum games um, is Jetpack. Yes. For sure. And, uh, one of the one of the guys, um, I, I don't know whether we all follow him, but I certainly do. Um, which is Asobi Tech or Quang DX on Twitter. Um, thoroughly nice guy, um, and uh, he has released a full boxed Game Boy Color game. Oh called, wow! Look at that um, Super Jetpacks DX. Uh, Way I cool. pre-ordered this. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, probably 
might have been July time, July, August time last year. Um, and it, it turned up and it was all flat packed and all that sort of stuff, but very nicely put together. Um, and it's obviously a, a physical Game Boy game. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, a port of, um, Jetpack on the, and it runs Game Boy or Game Boy Color. Um, uh, yeah, it's just a really good, solid kind of Jetpack clone. Um, similar in a vein to, um, uh, Jetpack RX. Mm-hmm. That was the re- remade version by Happy Coding. Yeah. Um, on the, on the Spectrum. And, uh, yeah, so I've got my Game Boy Color here, if it'll work. Let's just see if we can switch it on, because it's got some nice music in it. Ding! Hold it up I to heard that part. I know mic. that sound. Oh, I can feel it in my chest. It's hitting me. It's hitting Yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's Super Jetpack. And, We're and all, like, bang, headbanging over here. <laughs> yeah so it's it's really solid game um yeah what what and not a lot more you can say about it obviously it's a jetpack clone if you've played it before um good looking box. To, um first of all you build up the um uh build up the ship then you collect the fuel uh then you've got the three platforms um in the middle and uh yeah you've got to shoot the aliens pick up the fuel pick up the bonus points um and uh yeah it's it's a great great game um so yeah it's just just one i literally uh, got put it on the shelf and almost completely forgot about it until probably about two days ago and i thought oh wow i looked up there and i thought i really should give that a try yeah <laughs> i love jetpack it's one of my favorites so yeah, that'd i feel be fun like that get. gameplay is smooth just like yeah. this next beer that eric and i are about to partake yep. in now we've had this one i provided we've had a mission brewery beer before it but it was a blonde ale this one is a california lager um crisp clean crushable i don't know what crushable means but we're about to find out mm. it's from I'm gonna, san diego i'm gonna crush this it's from san diego there's that sound we all love it's a really nice little lager here i can do that i lived in san diego for a little bit when i was a kid i really liked it Nice, nice area. San Diego's nice. Yep. Nice area. And not LA. Not LA. Yeah. All right. Don't go to LA, Tim. You go to San Diego. Is LA that bad, is it? It's not great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, San Francisco is where I've always wanted to go. Yes, that's nice. But LA, I lived in LA, too, for a while. And so I can tell you firsthand. All right. Well, I am tasting the mission. Yeah, I'll be straightforward. There's not a lot to taste. Nah, it's pretty bland. I mean, it's a it's a crisp, it's a crisp lager. It tastes good for a crisp lager. Would you say that it's perfect for the beach backyard or a relaxing afternoon? Yeah. Would you say that our lager embodies a Southern California lifestyle with a clean, crushable character? Okay, <laughs> I'll buy that. <laughs> okay, good. Well, then you agree with I'll that. Buy that for a dollar. Oh, I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well. All right, what's our rating on this one? It's, um, a, it's mission showing, um, you know, all the, the, the missions that were built in California, a big part of California history. Yeah. So, do we, what do we do this out of, like, Catholic monks? <laughs> I, bur- I burped. <laughs> um, yeah, let's do Catholic monks. There you sure. go. Um, and we'll do it out of how many missions were there in 21? Sure. 
I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll add some errata to make sure we have something to talk about next month. 21 missions in California. So we'll, we'll do out of 21 Catholic monks here. Probably go, I, you want to go first? I think I have a, I think I have a number. Let's say it at the exact same time. Okay, ready? 14. 13. So we're about there. See, <laughs> it doesn't bother me that it doesn't have a lot of flavor, because to me, a lager, as long as it's crisp and doesn't have anything off-putting, it's okay. It doesn't have anything, anything. I wouldn't say it's great, but I w- it's not off-putting. There's no negative taste. No. All right. Well, All right. That's a Speaking beer. of uh, negative taste, tell us about Wagon Land. <laughs> you're assuming this is a bad... No, I, I have no idea. I don't even know what you're talking about here. Here it is, Eric. Ooh. So I saw someone in California was selling this, so I'm like, cool, I'm buying it. What is that? Just to have it. It is a, is a game. We'll take it. Yeah, you, you held it backwards. Yeah. Well, no, I'm holding it right now. Now you are. I know yeah. how to do manga. <laughs> it's not manga, but yeah, you're right. Namcot. Let's see. Does Tim know what it is already? You open it's it backwards. It, it, it's a Famicom game, right? There you go. That's it. It's what, a Famicom game. What game is it? Do you know? It's a game called Wagon Land. Wagon Land. Which was only released in Japan, but what I really want it for, it's an okay game. It's a platformer. Kind of yeah. cool. I can see the little pictures. It's almost like, got like little icons for something, like yeah. inventory. Very difficult. But the reason I wanted to buy it is because it came in this really cool box, which I've never seen. I always see these loose. So I don't yeah. know if they all came like this. Or some did, or some came in, maybe just Namco games did, but Namco games always are loose. I like that case. It's pretty neat. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have it's any... Almost um, like a v, it's almost like a VCR case, but it's like smaller. Yeah. Yeah. You it, know what I mean? It doesn't have the manual in it, unfortunately, it's, but... The, the title is, is Clamshell. <clears throat> yeah, it's a Clamshell. So it's, it's very similar to the, like, the Commodore 64 game, tape game cases, the Clamshell cases. Um, I would say it's very similar to like a Mega, uh, Mega Drive or Genesis case, yeah. but backwards because Japan. Sure. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just cool, and I like the art. I like it. That's really That's neat. All. I got it for like eight bucks, so that's so my collection. I'll keep this quick. You, d- but... you don't die of dysentery in that game, then? <laughs> no, I do not. I do not. <laughs> I'll keep this that's one. I thought it was going to be. I thought it was like, like a ripoff of um... oh wagon. Like, oh wagon, like a wagon, wagon, not wagon yeah. But yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. I'll try to keep this one short, but my love fest of the Atari 7800 continues. Uh, <laughs> these are the games I've picked up since I got that um, that that lot from Doug, because Doug gave me like a handful of games. But I bought these ones separately. Um, I got Asteroids, which is a great yep. Asteroids version on the 7800. I really like that one a lot. Because that's, that's built in over here, I think, isn't it? Asteroids. That's right. Built I, in? I got... Uh, is it? On the 7800? Yeah, uh, yes, my 7800 doesn't have anything built in. Yeah, I didn't built in. know they had anything built into them. Yeah. Joust, yep. which is a great mm-hmm. version of Joust. Um, I got Robotron um, 2084, but this one didn't work when I got it. So I asked for a refund from the seller, and he's like, sure. And he gave it to me, and he's like, just keep it. You can just throw it away. And so it sat on my shelf for a little bit, and then I opened it up. You can see I just poked a hole because yep. I didn't feel like taking the label off carefully. And I took it apart, and I looked in there, and there was literally a cold solder joint you could see on one of the one of the legs on the chip. I mean, I could wiggle it. Yeah. And so, like, I put a dab of solder in in like two of the legs. Works like a charm. Now. Beautiful. Love so it. Works great. Nice. 
Now this um, next one's a beauty. Mario Bros., which is the one I bought at Legacy Toys and Games, which is a local saying that comes came with the manual. Yeah, because this one come this one goes for a little bit. It does. Most it, of these are pretty cheap games, but this one's. Yep. So that's Mario Bros. and. Nice. It's just like the arcade game. It works great. I think it's an uh, underrated arcade game. That, this, I, I think it's a great game that no one really talks about. I, I agree. Mean. I agree. 100%. I mean, it's fun. You go around, you punch the the roof above you to knock the turtles and flip them over, or the <laughs> yeah. crabs, and um, it's great. But I And I paid, I think, about 20 bucks for this. And which, you may not know this, but they actually had a sequel to that game called Super Mario Bros. I didn't know that. Um, which uses a lot out. of those same mechanics, but they actually did some different things. Why didn't they call it Mario Bros. Pro? That would have been better. <laughs> Mario Bros. Pro. And then the last thing is um, I did buy a 7800 gamepad. From the Retro Game Boys. Retro Game Boys on eBay. He makes custom PCBs, and he puts them in like um, little cases that look like original Nintendo um, pads. Um, but that joystick on the 7800 was killing my hands, so... Yeah, it's, that's the worst part about the system, is that I think I'm going to end up buying one of these from these guys. Yeah. They're a little pricey. They're a little pricey. There, but, but they're, so I've had this Amiga one by him forever, and I love it. I use this on my Commodore 64. I use it on the Amiga. And whenever I want a gamepad, I like to play... Um, you know what I use to play um, Sam's Journey? I use this, yeah, and it yeah. works great. So uh, it's worth to me. It's worth it. Plus, the guy is really nice, really cool. Always appreciative on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I told him, you know, I received it, and he's like, "Yay!" And he's always like, very. He's just he's a cool guy. I don't mind paying him a little extra money to make these controllers, and it works. It it's a great little controller. Good. I'll tell you him know. he has to give me one, otherwise I'll give a scathing review. Exactly on our world famous podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Um, did you know they did a version of Mario Bros. on the ZX Spectrum as a 128K version? Oh. Really? Does it look good? Um, I must admit, I think I've got it here somewhere, but I don't. I don't think I've actually played it. Huh. Um, but yeah, there is there is a version on the <clears> Spectrum. It was uh, it was done as a proper one. I think it was actually done as like a um, a packing title as well at some stage with the 128. So that might be worth checking out if you like that. Yeah, and I, I have the 2600 version, and I was playing it on my 7800, and then when I walked into Legacy Toys again, I was like, oh, that's a 7800 version. I bet it looks a lot better, and I got it. And it does. I mean, the 2600 one's actually pretty decent, too. Yeah, 2600 is not bad. Yep. It's interesting. The Asteroids game you're talking about? Yeah. Up there, I have the first Atari flashback. Yeah. Which actually came, it looks like a 7800, and it comes with 7800 controllers for some reason. Right. But all the games that are on it are 2600 games. Yep. Except for one. And that's Asteroids. Asteroids. <laughs> because it, it's so much better than the 2600 version, which they only go vertical. Yeah. One thing, <laughs> one thing about the 2600 version I noticed right away when I, when I play that, they always go one direction and in one line. They yep. don't go like in diagonals. Nope. Just vertical, up just and down. Just verticals, up and yep. down. It's very bizarre. I wouldn't say it's not fun. I mean, I, I actually played it and was like, I got some enjoyment out of it, but it is not really Asteroids. And they just flicker the whole time. Yeah, it's yeah. not really Asteroids, so the look, good news is that one is a lot better. Well, thanks for the update on your 7800 games. Thank Tim, you. Tim, how about an Apple update? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a little while ago, I got myself an Apple II, which I had a struggle with opening up the power supply, but That's right. I actually got it all out and re, uh, 
uh, recap the power supply, put, took out that nasty reefer um, uh, capacitor that was bound to let out the magic smoke, got that all sorted. Um, and then, yes, I can switch it on, but I can't do anything with it because I had no way of loading things. Um, because huh. obviously it didn't yeah, come yeah. with a disk drive. Um, so the other day, I finally managed to pick up an Apple II disk oh, oh, wow. drive. That's the real deal. <laughs> I was waiting for like a, fl- a floppy email or something. but Yeah, no, I, I, I've been thinking about one of those, um, but... Um, these are, you know, not not common, common over here, but they're, you know, they, they do go up. And I managed to pe- bag this one for about forty pounds, um, because obviously, although the Apple switches on, um, I don't know if it actually works, you know, properly. Um, so I managed to get hold of this and uh, powered it up, and it the motor is making a really it's really really whiny and spinning really quick um and it the the light comes on on the drive uh but it just doesn't read any discs so i've had it open i've cleaned the head several times but i think it's possibly something wrong with the motor controller which i think is one of the ic's i mean these are really really simple i don't know if you've ever, if you've got one of these or if you've opened one up no um, but there's a controller board in here, and then there's obviously the controller board in the Apple II. Um, so there's only about five or six chips on the analog board, as they call it, on this. Um, so I think I'm going to have to do a little bit more investigation on that. Um, but I do want a, a working physical drive for my Apple II. Um, even if I do eventually go for the floppy emu, I really do want you know the, the, the working one. Um, one of these at least one real drive um so yeah that's that's really it for my apple update nothing nothing incredibly exciting but um yeah i think i'll i'll get that working eventually nice and that's it for catching up yeah we all kind of had a a slow month as far as retro things and that's that's okay okay. we dug into the games that we were playing i think it's healthy yeah i think it was a healthy month for us yep so now let's really (laughs) dig in next month well, I think we've got to the point in the show where we need to go ahead and discuss six good games. Let's do it. Six good games! All right. So for six good games this month, yeah, uh, I think we all actually enjoyed this one, but I really wanted to do it because I love golf games. Yep. Agreed. 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 And, and as, as we all found out, but mostly Tim... We've already covered a lot of golf games. <laughs> There's two two things. This, this was an epic fail for me this month. <laughs> yeah, there's two things. We we've we've talked about a lot of golf games, but also a lot of these golf games are a lot alike. Yeah. Yeah, cuz th- that's why they're so good. They're right. all the same game. Right. I mean, they follow the same mechanics and this and that. So, I did try and find something a little different in all of my golf games because we could talk about like leaderboard golf and stuff like that all day long, but we talk about them all the time already, and they do have similar mechanics. But um, I think, I mean, I've looked at your guys's here, and I think there's a lot of winners in 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 all of our lists. So I'm eager to talk about it. Cool. Well, let's just go down the list as we've we've we have them listed there. So Eric, what is your pit first pick? The first pick was a game that I know you follow this philosophy where there are games that you've always wanted to play. So it's an opportunity to do it. If you can 
do it with the podcast, kind of two birds with one stone. I've always wanted to play Mario Golf, and so I started playing it on the Game Boy Color, but then I switched to the N64 because there is a synergy between these two. You know you could use the transfer pack to switch characters back and forth between uh, the N64 and Game Boy Color. I didn't do that. I don't have a transfer pack, but they are pretty much the same game, just kind of scaled down on the Game Boy. Um so anyway, I did a lot more playing of this game on the N64. So it is a golf game where you pick your clubs and you pick where you're going to go and you you hit the ball. But there are a lot of different characters you can play and they all have different characteristics. Um, one thing I really liked about this game is that it shows you a grid that is a little further, like where your ball is projected to land if there wasn't any wind or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty neat. You don't see that a lot in, in golf games, that that particular thing. Um, you can. There are multiple modes in this game, and I didn't get the opportunity to play a lot of the multiple modes. Um, but there are like a, a skins game, I think, and uh, different ways of scoring. Match play. There's match play. Um, there's a putting game in this, which is more, they call it like a mini putt, but really there's not a lot of like windmills and stuff. It's just <laughs> yeah. flat. It's basically letters that that you have to shoot the ball around the letters on the inside to to put the ball in. Um but it follows the, 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 the typical mechanic where you start your downswing, you hit the button once, it starts, that's your power. You hit it again and it starts your downswing and you trying to line it up with a line so you, and if you don't, it, it causes more slice. Um, other than that, I mean, the mechanics are pretty much golf, but it's wrapped around a Mario kind of theme. Um, have you played this game? This is... Yes, I've platinumed this game. Have you? This is my favorite game, golf game of all time. Oh, perfect! I've, I have, I got the silver Mario and the silver. Like you can unlock all these characters. Because you unlock them all. Yep. Yeah, I played uh, mostly in. Was it called? I guess it was college. I played a, just a ton of this. Oh, good, good. Because I haven't. I, I, I dabbled so in this game, but this gave me the opportunity to go a little more in depth into it. And this has a mode where when you play a character. If you beat them, you unlock it. Yeah, and I think that's a neat that's a neat thing. It's kind of like Smash, playing Smash Bros. There's so many modes in this, and you can unlock stuff in every different mode. It's just does all the things I love. Yeah, uh, on top of being a great golf game with some fun personality and some like neat little tweaks to make it more interesting than just boring golf. Then yep. there's all the unlockables and stuff. Yep, and the graphics are amazing. There's a it, it does this flyby on the golf course when you're when you're um, you know when you're lining up the shot so you can see the whole the whole course um there are weather effects like rain and there's wind um tim have you played this one uh well yeah let, let, let's go there shall we <laughs> oh let's go there so, um the the first game that i chose uh i can't remember the title of it cody you you know the one on the gamecube um oh um yeah, the the ribbit. That's it, King Ribbit. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So I chose that one and couldn't play that one because Cody had already covered that one. So I thought, right, okay, no one's going to do another GameCube game. Surely, no one's going to do it. Okay, so I'll do another GameCube game. So I downloaded Mario, started playing that, 
And then, oh, okay, Eric's covering Mario Golf. Oh Mario. man, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't know I thwarted your plans. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. To be, to be fair, Tim would have been covering the GameCube Mario Golf. That's which true. Is Toadstool Mushroom with Toadstool Tour. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's I a thought different one. We, we just want to do something different, so I, I, I didn't go there. And I, I personally, I thought you were doing the GameCube version anyway. So, um. But anyway, yeah, no, so I've not really played any, any of the Mario Golf ones, and that was going to be my opportunity to sit down and play it. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I've started playing both, both of those GameCube games and, and gave up because obviously I needed to then try and find something else to play. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I've got it there. It's ready on the GameCube. So I'm going to go back to both of those GameCube games because Danica really liked the, um, the first one, the the ribbit one. That game, I want to. I really want to dig into that. It's it's bizarre and it's cool. Brilliant! It's really really cool, <laughs> and she likes it because there's pandas in it. So she's <laughs> absolutely nuts on pandas. Um, and yeah, so it, yeah, I I haven't played any of the Mario Golf games, um, but I, I do want to go through them because I know there's some really good ones. And I must admit, I didn't even think of the N64 one. Um, and th- this looks solid. Looks absolutely brilliant. So I'm. I'm trouble is i've got no real way of doing it other than through emulation so Mm. i'm still not quite sure about um emulating the n64 it's tricky and obviously with the with the pad as well so one day i'll get myself an everdrive one of those i will back you up on this one eric this game is really good really brilliant it feels like neo turf turf masters to me um of course with that nintendo touch a little more going on than neo turf masters a little little i mean it's arcadey for sure yeah but there's more variants to take, uh, you know, to be aware of. And then you can unlock stuff. And that, again, that just triples the gameplay for me. Right. So, uh, love it. And I'm sure the GameCube one, I've heard great things about it. I haven't played too much of it. Um, but they also just are now coming out with a brand new one for the Switch, which you know I'm going to be all over. Yeah. But not for 60 bucks because I'm cheap. You know, and I, I also played the Game Boy version, the Game Boy. I played on my Game Boy Color. It's good too. It, it lacks some of the things that the big one has, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's a it's a solid little mobile golf game. So it, they're both worth playing. But this one was a lot of fun. Oh, I so. love golf games. So what's yours? Scotty? Even bad golf games are yeah. good. <laughs> so what's um, your first one? Well, I again, I wanted to mix it up, not do the obvious. <clears throat> so, have you guys heard of Super Stick Golf? I've never heard of it. Nope. I was going to say Tim's probably shaking his head. We can't, we can't hear you shaking your head, bro. We can't, we can't see you. All right, let me pull this up here on um, uh, Super Stick Golf. So this is a dun 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 mobile game. Oh no! I know microtransactions up the wazoo. So <laughs> they're up to um, three Super Stick Man golfs now. Okay. Um, I'm going to cheat and just cover all of them because they're all similar. Okay. Um, I'll just cover, I don't know, let's see, Super Stickman Golf 2 in this example. So this is a mobile game, is it? This is a mobile game. Now, what I like about that, the, the pros to that is, because it's a mobile game, it's really easy to connect on to uh, with other friends, and so you're like kind of like we're doing with pinball. We play against each other. Yeah. From yeah. Noodle Cake Games, and it is a 2D side-on golf game, and this was, Eric, the inspiration for that game on the C64 you love? Yeah. Um, Planet Golf. Planet Golf. But this is done brilliantly. Okay. Uh, so it is golf 
uh, Sidon 2D golf kind of done in the way of like artillery or what, what are the, um, it looks a bit like worms, doesn't it? In that worms. Respect? Yeah. Or, there's a little bit of worms or, or yeah. What's the other game that's, I always think of artillery cause that's the Macintosh game I played, but it's, yeah. What do you call it? Where, um, tanks. Tanks. Well, tanks. There's um. <laughs> well, basically, you you choose your traje- your trajectory, mm-hmm. and yeah. then you you basically have a moving you know kind of like most golf games. A the moving one I power played was rate. the one I played was called Scorched Earth. That's it, Scorched Earth. Yeah, on DOS. Um, and but again, there's all these achievements and stuff. But there's okay. all these there's all these courses. Yeah, they have 18 holes, and you play through 18 holes, and you basically knock this ball around in a 2D sphere or a 2D <laughs> sphere 2D um uh. World screen world, yeah, flight, um, and you miss sound traps and stuff, and the ball kind of rolls, and you try to get into a hole, and then the next level might be a little harder, where you have to hit it up into some floating platform above you, and then the next level might be like, okay, there's water here, but if you hit it in just the right way, you know, here's an easy path to to go down this way, or else there's a tiny path off in the distance, but that'll lead right to the hole. You can get a hole in one. Um, it's kind of like 2D miniature golf, but not miniature golf because you're actually hitting the ball. Gotcha. Um, and then you can get these special abilities. You can get b- balls that balls that have gum on them. So when you hit a wall, they just stick to the wall, and you, now you're shooting off the wall. Yeah. Um, uh, you get XP, and then when you get XP, you can you know buy new clubs, and you get cash, and again, all those RPG things that lead me to want to play more and more and more. And then of course you can always um, pay for dumb stuff like clothes and hats and things like that tim's laughing mummy the mummy (laughs) where's that guy so in this particular one right here those are big magnets pushing the ball away um you can buy things like i think like fire trails to your ball where you like burn straight through stuff they're just i don't know they're they're great and then you unlock other worlds and then you end up playing like four or five courses in each one of these games yeah um i've put hours and hours and hours into this and because it is a golf game it doesn't matter that it's on mobile because it's um you touch anywhere on the screen tap once to start the the meter tap it again to stop where you want to stop it so the fact there's no controller is not an issue gotcha um anyways very cool and kind of like mario golf you also get a certain number of boosts yeah if you want to like overpower a shot a couple times around Ooh, there's a nice hole in one right there. Bing! Yeah. So, what's, what would you call the graphic style on this? It's sort of like semi semi futuristic, but it's quite flat style, isn't it? Yeah, it's like geometric, boxy, but I don't know. It's hard to explain. Hmm. Kind of a unique game that one, isn't it? Yeah, and it's great. It does remind yeah. me. I think Tim's right. It reminds me of Worms a little bit, like. Hmm. The personality is there. Yeah. Cool. That looks like a nice game. I think that's really cool. It'd be fun to play on, a, on a, like, a tablet. Yeah, that'd be a great way to do it. Yep. All, All right, right, Tim, what you got? So it's me. So eventually I found a game um, <laughs> that, that no one else had played or decided to play. Lee um, Trevino's Fighting Golf. Yeah, yeah exactly. I actually picked that one up. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't pick up your list. Darn. Yeah, I wonder why. Um, yeah, so I chose Actua Golf from oh. the Sega Saturn. Actual Golf? Um, Actua. <laughs> no L. Actua. No, it's Actua. 
because they did a, uh, a sporting series um, of games uh, called the Actua series. I think there was Actua football and some other one. But yeah, this is the golf version of that anyway. So this was released in 1996. It also came out on the PlayStation. Um, this is a game developed by Gremlin Interafi- Interactive or Gremlin Graphics, as they were back in the 80s. Um, oh, that company, okay. Launched, yeah, it was also launched in the USA under the VR Sports brand. Mm-hmm. Familiar with that one? Uh, anyone? Yeah, no, yeah. Think so. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, cool. Yep. Um, the game features two fictitious courses called River Valley Country Club and the Royal Glen Country Club. Um, and both, as always, are played over 19 holes. You can play the front nine or the back nine if you want to. Um, uh, each course has the usual amount of holes, so it's the three, four, and five par. Uh, bunkers and rough ground water obstacles are there, so if you get any stray shots like me as normal, um, you're in the rough <laughs> or in the bunkers. Um, so this is feature packed, this one. Um, so it's got lots of different play modes. So you can play sort of like a practice mode where you get like a little tutorial. Um, you've got stroke play, match play, skins and four ball. Um, you can also in the options screen there, you can choose, uh, so you can customize your goal for a bit. There are actually, uh, two skin colors to choose from, <laughs> Um, and there are also, so you can choose the different, yeah, uh, you can choose the different, uh, clothes that you can wear. So you can choose a blue, green or brown top or something like that. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so there's lots of options. Um, so the gameplay itself is sort of like a proper, you know, this is a, a no messing. This is a proper golf game, proper golf simulation. Um, it's uh the graphic style is kind of like obviously because it's the saturn it's a bit blocky um but i think it looks pretty authentic um it's quite unique in that there's an awful lot of camera angles and you can move the the thing around um it's probably you know uh, because it was a, a saturn game obviously it's what's that early uh, mid mid 90s so mm-hmm. it's one of the first games really where you had like proper you know move around and um, you know, re- semi-realistic graphics and all that sort of thing in there. Um, so it's, it's nice, quite nice to look at. And there's some jolly sound effects in it as well. Um, so you've got like the birds tweeting in the background. You've got the water ro- running through when you get near the water. Um, and uh, the sort of like the noise when you're trying to punch out of the bunker and all that sort of thing. So that's, that's really good. Um, so when you're actually playing the game, you've got um, your shot selection is quite straightforward. So you're sort of um, you can move the angle of the uh, the player, so you can look around you. There's a, a like a flyover section. So when you first start off at the tee, you can do like a quick virtual flyover of the course, which is quite nice. Um, and uh, the when you're actually then go into your shot, you've got sort of like that traditional sort of like arcing guide that you can see. So when you uh, yeah. reduce or increase your power, um, so it's quite nice on that sort of thing. Um, and then you've got your full range of clubs as well. Um, the shot selection is done automatically for you. So it kind of gives you a recommended um, club. 
so you can uh, just hit straight into that there's a shot meter so which is kind of like a circle um so you've got two points that you've got to hit um which is um the first bit is your power and the second bit is your whether you're going to hook or slice the shot um so you can just get that try and get that uh, first initial part of the arc where it goes round uh, to the to where you need to hit. So there's a guide mark on the power meter, um, and then you bring it back round again, um, and then that's where you kind of like uh, gotta uh, make sure you hit the right um, thing to get the ball straight. Which was uh, one of my failings. I think that might is that the PlayStation version you got there. This now? is the PlayStation one. Yeah, like you, yeah. it definitely looks. This- the same but different <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's probably a little bit more defined i think isn't it on the playstation um but yeah this is this is a good solid golf game um i really enjoyed this one actually i lost a fair bit of time to this nice. <laughs> um so yeah it's if you want to if you want a good golf simulation you know the mario and all those sort of things they're great fun um i'm not saying that they're not good golf games um because they obviously are but this one's kind of like got that more i don't know obviously a bit some might say boring but more of a realistic feeling about simulation it. rather than arcadey yeah. yeah 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 exactly um and one of the mm. things for me is that this has got um the dulcet tones of a, a golfer and tv commentator over here in the uk the voice of peter alice um and uh, he's he's really famous over here in the uk and uh he used to do a, a program called around with alice and it was literally just a tv program of him and a celebrity friend just walking around and playing a game of golf um <laughs> and it's just like really is if was, you think was that, that on, it's really boring tv but was, was, that, was, was that on bbc8 the ocho <laughs> <laughs> no that was that was a proper i think it was it might have been bbc2 at the time um but um yeah no that was a proper proper program but yeah he he does a lot of the commentating on it and some of his uh quips in in the in the commentating are quite funny when you when you mess the shot up and that sort of thing so it's almost i think there is a an american commentator as well that you can select um i can't remember who does the, i can't remember the name of the person who does the voice in that um but yeah um so the reviews with this were quite favorable at the time as well uh, so make mean machine sega uh, they gave this uh, 90 out of 100 and edge magazine for the playstation version uh, they gave it seven out of ten hey. so that's actual golf on the saturn it's a good solid simulation game that's much more yeah. like a simulation which looks great i mean those are fun those are i think there's room for both the cartoony ones and the simulation ones right absolutely yeah 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 speaking of uh, cartoony ones Oh, Eric's got another one. my next one. Kirby's Dream Course, which mm. I had never played before. So This looks brilliant. <laughs> so I started to play this. Um, I had read about it before, and I could see it on my EverDrive sitting there, and I didn't know what it was all about. But it is a game that, to me, reminds me of Marble Madness. Um, marble mini golf. Yep, it's marble mini golf. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of what it is. But you play Kirby, and you basically can set the shot that kirby is going to make it looks like marble madness where the it's hard to explain the course is kind of a three-dimensional isometric yeah isometric view and you are faced with a challenging landscape to try to get the kirby 
to go into the hole. And what happens is you pick the direction you want them to shoot. You can put spin on the ball so that it curves. Um, you can make him go up or down, like so that he bounces. And then basically you're trying to hit as many enemies as possible. When you hit all the enemies, the last one turns into the actual hole, and then you try to drop Kirby into the hole. Now, along the way, there will be certain um, sparkly enemies where if you hit them, you can gain their abilities, just like Kirby does when he sucks an enemy in and he gains their ability. And he'll get abilities like um, electricity, which lets you go through trees, um, and various other abilities to help you try to get um, Kirby into the hole. Whenever you use a shot, it removes a tomato. And mm -hmm. if you run out of tomatoes, then you lose a life. A what? Um, Sorry? Is that a tomato? It's a, a tomato. Tomato. Yep. I said tomato. Tomato, tomato. Um, so it, it kind of combines the elements of Kirby, kind of elements of Marble Madness, kind of elements of golf. Um, but it's a blast. And if you get a hole in one, you get an extra life in this game. Um, and really that's, there's kind of an overview world where you, you know, complete a level and you move on to the next level. Um, it, it I, I didn't get as much time as I wanted to, to play this. I think I got to the third, third level, third world or whatever, but, um, I really enjoyed it and I want to go back to it. It's a lot of fun. Have you played this one, Cody? I have. This, yeah. is, this is a good one. I'm kind of like you. I didn't get enough time with it. Uh, it is a game that is on the Nintendo Switch online service. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if y'all have it, y'all can play it. Yeah. Um, and uh, now another interesting fact about it, you covered it pretty well. I mean, again, I haven't played it more than you have, but um, a few months ago we did a news article where a recently found uh, fully working game was released for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And it was the game that originally was going to be its own crazy mini golf game. And HAL Laboratories worked with them to incorporate Kirby, Kirby into it okay. to make Kirby's Dream Course. Yeah. So the game was never released as it was originally created, but that ROM is out there now. Oh, okay. So you can play this game before they injected Kirby and some of the Kirby-isms into the game. Oh, I see. So I'm curious to try that and see what all changes, because I'm sure some of those special abilities and things are kind of added. Yeah. Some of the personality and stuff, but the gameplay itself is based off of their original design, whoever made it. I can't remember right now. Right. Interesting. Tim, have you played this one? Um, I think I did have a quick go on the Nintendo Online, um, but it's not something I've put a huge amount of time into, um, but it, it does look really good. Um very interesting game mechanic on this isn't it yeah um it's like you say it's kind of like marble madness and it, there's a little bit of similarity i guess because it's kind of like a mini golf game and the way that the, you um line the shot up and that sort of thing if, do you guys remember zany golf have you played yeah, that one before i have yeah i played yeah. that was on the amiga right yeah, it's on Amiga. It also came out on the Mega Drive, okay. which absolutely sucked because the control method on that is really <laughs> down, to, down to a mouse. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not. It, I mean, it looks okay on the Mega Drive, but it definitely was a, an Amiga first game. That one, um, and yeah, that was actually probably one. It was on my list, um, but um, yeah, I thought maybe it would 
probably been done a bit too much zany golf so i wanted to try something a bit different um but yeah it's kind of a, a got that sort of same uh, mechanic on that side of things but yeah it look, looks really interesting cool oh, i want to play this right now it looks really yeah, good it does look cool it's a fun one so cody what's your next one here all right now uh, this game does this one ring a bell to anybody just say yes or no it doesn't no not really tim Sorry. Um, yeah, only because I remember that um, uh, Mark Halliwell, Judge Drock, mentioned it to you on Twitter. Exactly. So this game, Eric, I'm going to let it play here a little bit. Yeah. Um, and see if you can tell me why this one might, may or may not ring a bell for you. And it's Super Nintendo. It's a Super Nintendo game. Another one. And it's by a company called Irem, who also makes R-Type. That's right. A couple yep. other games. Yep. And it is called the Irem Skims. Irem Skins. Okay. Which I'm sure is like Skins Golf, like where you basically, it's kind of match play where you yeah. put up a skin and whoever wins gets all the skins for those last few holes, whatever. Gotcha. So you can play with different types there. But um, yeah, I I put out on the Discord, hey, I'm looking for golf games. Any ideas out there? And a lot of people came up with the games I already know and love. Mm-hmm. Here are a lot of them. And then someone mentioned this game and I'm like, Oh, that sounds interesting. I got to give that a shot. So let me zoom forward just a little bit here. And Eric, what does this look like to you? Can you does, does any of it ring a bell yet? Let me check, check it out. He's he's watching some gameplay here. <clears throat> well, I mean, it looks a lot like uh, Neo Turf Masters. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah, we have a winner. Hold on, where's my button it's here? Like, it looks, looks like Neo Turf Masters, doesn't it? Yeah. So apparently, this is the game that. Uh, eventually became neo turf masters yeah on the green yep and in fact a lot of those sayings and stuff are in here you can't hear it right now the music is definitely the upbeat yeah thing um the viewpoints the way the putting works the way everything works on this is neo turf masters but this was this came first okay and then um, i wonder did they license it to neo geo or uh, yeah who, no who? i think they made a second game but neo turf masters is basically irem skims 2 okay I know Nazca is the one that produced that game. Yeah. But there must be a relationship there. I'm sure we could look it up. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, Neo Turf Masters, which this game is the previous to, is also a um, just fun, arcadey, fast-paced golf game. Now, this game on the Super Nintendo, this one is, you can tell they're figuring it out. It's not quite as fast to do things as it is in Neo Turf Masters, which is a big part of why that game is so fun. But you've definitely got your four different characters from different areas that um, have different abilities as far as how far they can hit and how well they can hook a ball and all these things. And you play all these different courses um, in just a fun, arcadey way with that upbeat music and these top-down... Uh, you can see the map there, the top-down map, so you can see what hole you're coming up on. And uh, it's a little more... Fin- uh, finicky i guess because you actually have to select your club uh you pick which you know of course which direction you want to go now to pick any of these things at the bottom of the screen there your club your direction your stance your power or your i forgot didn't see the last one oh or you can give up <laughs> you actually press the l and r buttons on top of the mouse okay or on top of the um the controller yeah. yeah so the pad thank you so you go to direction, aim your shot, then you can click over and go to your club and pick which club you want, and then you click over again, and you can go to your stance, which will d- help you decide if you're going to hook it or slice it. And then you go to power, and you select your power. 
Now, this game, there isn't, um, as far as power is concerned, there's no bar of you trying to hit, you know, a moving target. You select the power, uh, especially when you putt. Um, however, the height is the, the bar on the side that moves. So if you want to hit the ball low and pop it up and try to get backspin, you can do that. Or if you want to hit it right in the center to get the most distance, hit it high to get, keep it down rolling on the ground. Um, it's a fun. I, all I can do is compare it to Neo Turf, Ma- Turf Masters because it's a it's a great game, but the best way to describe it is a not quite as good as Neo Turf Masters. Right. But it's on the Super Nintendo. Yep. And um, it looks good. Yeah, you'd have to hear the sound to really to really love it, but. Um, I had a blast. I played. Uh, I played. I think three different rounds of golf on this game, and uh, the 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 downside is it is a good golf game. It definitely fits. It's one of the six good golf games for this month. But I don't ever see playing it over Neo Turf Masters. Right. That being said, but it's gotcha. a fun point in history, and it is a good game if you just have a Super Nintendo. It's probably the best game on it right. for, for golf. Fair enough. Sounds good. So. Tim, what's the next one here? What's the last one? The last one, yeah. Last one, yeah. Um, I went for um, delving deep into the MSX catalog. um, Nice. And trawled through some of the golf games on there. Uh, They're obviously, you know, uh, in Japan, they love a game of golf. Um, So I thought. Look at this one. (laughs) There's probably going to be a few nice games on the MSX. Um, and, uh, I dug through some of those games and some of them absolutely stunk. Um, <laughs> they're not particularly really? good. Um, and there, there was a, um, I can't remember what it's called golf, golf shot or something like that, which was kind of like a, a uh, just a pure top down golf game, um, which was, which was quite good. Um, that wasn't too bad. And there, there was some just like real basic and proper, I mean, basic games <laughs> written in basic golf games. Um, hey, that's yeah. two for you today. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm zero for two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the, there are some there are some uh, stinkers on the MSX, like on, on most eight bits. I suppose there's a few interpretate different interpretations of golf. Um, one one that I did um, originally uh, talk about when we were first first sort of like came up with the idea was um i think i i can't remember whether i posted it on twitter or just to you guys uh was pro golf simulator on the zx spectrum the 128k version of that which had mm. some amazing music on it and the game was okay um but yeah, you give anyway. too many too many points for music when you do reviews i'm just gonna yeah. say it right now <laughs> <laughs> um so it, anyway th- this is konomi golf is the one I eventually chose on the MSX. Um, it's a cartridge game, relatively early, um, so it's 1985. Um, so it was um, developed by Konomi, obviously, um, early in the system. Uh, Gameplay is quite straightforward. So you've got uh, sort of like a split screen setup. So you see the the top down view of the course, and that's always available. Um, and then you've got the uh, the the left hand side, which has got sort of like your play field where you're actually playing on at the moment. Um, the one thing about this is that shot meter. Um, again, I'm talking about visual things on the screen here, but um, you've got a shot meter when you actually go to take your shot once you've lined it up. 
the shot meter doesn't actually show you where it finishes so it yep. doesn't show you where the maximum shot is I've so, seen that. Uh, so it's actually very difficult it's easy to judge you know like a, a low power or a full power shot because you just kind of like wait and off off you go but if you want sort of like a, a medium hard shot it's very difficult to kind of get that um because you don't know when the 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 thing's going to then start heading back so it's it's a bit bit difficult um the other thing that took a little bit of um getting used to on this game was when you uh, normally traditionally you'd kind of like be deciding what you want to do with your shot don't you so you've sort of like move move the position of the player uh, move your your angle and all that sort of thing and then you select your club well, no, you've actually got to go to take your shot before you select the club on this. So it's a little bit confusing. At well, first, that's weird. I thought, well, you only got the choice of whatever they, you know, whatever club that you start off with. So I was like, you know, trying to get on the tee with a one wood. <laughs> that, yeah. that just never works. Um, so what it is, is actually you, you um, whilst your power bar is, um, going up and down, up and down, up and down. Because normally, you, the other thing that you find is you, you're going to time out quickly. Because norm, normally, the mechanic on a golf game is is when you go to hit the ball, you've got the power, and you've only got so long to kind of like actually, you know, take take the shot and choose your power level. Um, so, yeah. So with with this one, you've got to choose the choose the club whilst you're um, deciding how strong to hit the ball as well um so you do actually have the the shot selection there um so from the from the look of the game it's sort of like sort of greens and blues um as you would you typically expect obviously for the grass and for the sky and for water um but yeah this is just a nice solid little golf game um and it's it's quite a quite a gentle gentle game as well it's not not particularly you know vicious hard difficulty or anything like that there's a few different options on there and there's some nice little um nes and msx style music on there as well nice little ditties to go along with it so yeah that was that was my last game and yeah like a cool like a lot of msx games it definitely has that nintendo vibe yeah yeah um i always get a kick too out of these old games um for whatever reason yeah they when you hit it in the rough they think that like a full power shot with a driver out of the rough is going to go 30 yards right (laughs) they like really punish you for going in the rough in these old games yeah um yeah, this one, this one, this one. It looks very slow. Would be the the biggest thing for the, usually the older games, eight bit and before. Right. The speed of playing around is usually my biggest attractor. Not necessarily the gameplay or the fun of it, just how long you have to wait to like watch your ball go, then slowly land, and then like one pixel at a time come to a stop, and then go through five menus to get back to your next shot. Right. Um. But this one, just the look of it brings a smile to my face, to be honest. <laughs> I like the way. It's, it's a nice game. It's like when you compare it to something similar at the time on the 64, which was leaderboard golf. And, you know, that was a, a great, a brilliant game, groundbreaking game. Uh, but yeah, like you say, really, really slow. They're waiting for it to redraw the screen and all that sort of thing. And there was another game on the MSX. I can't remember what it was called now, but um, something golf. Um, and that was very, very similar to leaderboard, you know, where it redrew all the screen every time. And it was painful. Um, I mean, it, it literally took me five minutes to play the first hole because it was just... Yeah, I remember. I've, I've tried it. <laughs> ...redrawing the screen so long. 
Not having lived through that era, I c- yeah. can't understand why Leaderboard gets all the love. I really can't. I love Leaderboard. I play it. I still yeah. play it to this day. I still think it's one of the best golf games ever. Yeah. I love it. Maybe on something like the next where you can speed up all those loading times <laughs> or something. But um, Cool. Do we have any honorable mentions? Because this is the genre I love, and I have so many honorable mentions. Well, I mean, the obvious ones, Leaderboard. Uh, Neoturf Neo Masters. Neoturf Masters. Masters, uh, yeah. Leaderboard, yeah. I want to throw Mean 18 Golf out there on the Macintosh, and then there's also a okay. version of on the Amiga, which is yeah. oh, very really? good. Yeah. Um. I was going to say Mario Golf, but you went there, so that's yeah, good. I got that yeah. one. And the, the others are, I've kind of mentioned as well, so like Zany Golf um, and uh, the uh, the Ribbit King game as well. I'd Ribbit King, yeah. What are, what are those ones on a PSP? Hot Shots? Or? Yep, all the Hot Shots golf. All Hot Shots ones are really good. Um, and there's every, Everyday Golf as well, isn't there, I think, on the PSP? Yeah. I haven't played that one, but you're right. Yeah, and those are so very much everybody's golf. Everybody's golf. Those are all very. Those and the hot shots are very in the the Mario Golf vein. I think yeah. they all spun off from that original Mario Golf game, and apparently, even I haven't tried it, but even the original golf on the NES with Mario being a character is supposed to be pretty solid. Yeah, um, it's a genre. I just think so many of these games, if they're not slow, they're good. Right. Cool, cool beans. That's it. Golf games. Good Yay. Stuff. All right. Well, we'll have to figure out what we're going to do for next month. Yep. Um, Give me a couple days to think about it. We'll rally that. That'll be cool. You know it. April. It's going to be uh, top uh, Easter games. Top, top, it's gonna top be, games with rabbits in them. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I, I thought we were talking about, like, biblical. We're going to talk about, like, uh, wisdom tree games. Which are all terrible. We got to look at Tim. Tim. That sounds good to me. <laughs> there you go. We're going to get Tim's picture back up here so we can do our closing remarks here. There we go. There we go. There's Tim. There's good old Tim Tim. <laughs> cool. Um, right before I leave, I just want to say Kyle Larson won the last NASCAR race. So go Kyle Larson. Okay. Go Kyle. And, <laughs> and then F1 starts shortly. So go Tim. Indeed. Can't wait. <laughs> Eric's like, I have no interest. Boo to Nikita Mazepin. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you were a positive person. You don't like being negative, but <laughs> negative Nancy Tim over here. All right, guys. Well, we will see you all next month. And until then, remember, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.